Welcome to Dungeons and Gamers, a cool podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons and have good times. I'm Bryce, and I play the half orc ranger, Fergus Bog. I'm Aaron. I play Cookie Kebler, the bard wood elf. I'm Beckers. I play Bear, the bear barbarian. I'm Matt, and I play Morthos, the tiefling sorcerer. I'm Darian, and I play Belladonna, the High Elf Rogue. And I'm Katie, and I play everyone else. Last time on Dungeons & Gamers. Well, I started my first day as Baker at the Violet Scepter. Everyone I've met has been really nice. When I first got there, I was greeted by a sassy gnome named Betty, who had the most amazing cutting skills I've ever seen. Imlawe walked in soon after and asked me to make something with a bunch of strawberries they had on hand. We ended up going with mini strawberry pies with strawberry roses. They turned out so good. After a while, I got a tour of the casino and learned a little more about the layout and that the guy who owns the casino is named Duval and is really only around for special occasions. While I was leaving work, I bumped into Morthos and Bella in disguise as high-rolling gamblers. They were down on their luck as they won pretty big the night before. So I gave them some of the dessert I made earlier to hopefully give them some extra luck. I also put in a good word for them to Rico, so hopefully they'll get in the VIP section. Fingers crossed that it worked! Afterwards, I met up with Fergus over at the Frog and Firkin to tell him my discoveries for the day. He asked that I try and see how many guards come in and out of the casino throughout the day and maybe find out their names. Before I left... I gave him some pie to give to Bear when he got back to the Golden Harp. I sure miss her. Hope she's doing okay with everything. And that brings us to now. So, um, we'll pick up where we left off with Morthos and Bella to start with. Um, when last we saw them, friend was leading you to one of the rooms in the collection, namely the one containing the Violet Scepter. So he'll lead you up the stairs, and there is there are two doors up there that you can see. There's one behind the statue, which is the one he heads towards, which is uh, directly sort of in the middle of that upstairs area. He stops and he leans over to one of the guards that are there that are there. There's two there and he kind of says something quietly in one of their ears and they nod and a few moments pass and the door opens from inside swings um, inward. And there, there are two people standing in there. Friend turns to the two of you and kind of like gestures for you to follow and um, enters into the door. Who goes first? I think uh, Morthos is going first. Okay, so you walk in first and Belladonna follows. The door closes after the two of you. And uh, from the door on the opposite side of the room, so you enter in down here on the south door. And um, as soon as the outer door closes, this door to the north opens and two more guards come in. They don't look like they're being threatening. It just simply looks like they're waiting for the door to close before they opened the other door on the other side. They are dressed in the typical guard attire that you have seen around the Violet Scepter. A friend, of course, looks a little bit more 
uh, affluent. He's dressed in simple, not simple, but like fine, simple clothing, like well-made, good materials. Definitely doesn't look like a guard. Um, so there are in this room then three guards that have the Violet Scepter attire on, friend, and then one other person who looks to be wearing a robe. Now, I want both of you to go ahead and make a religion check for me. Religion? Ooh. This person is standing there where they have a robe on and they have a like a hooded cowl almost that comes up. So their face is partially obscured, but they're holding what almost looks like a sensor on a little bit of a chain. Uh, Morthos rolled a 19. And Belladonna critically failed. <laughs> um, how religious would you say that Morthos is? Uh, money is his god. <laughs> money is his god. So if money is his god, um, that's probably why you recognize the symbol. On the censer is what looks almost like a coin with the profile of a woman that has hair blowing backwards, maybe by a breeze or just by their movement. And you recognize this as the symbol of Joaquin, who is a goddess that kind of oversees commerce, uh, mostly legitimate commerce. Um, and a casino would be considered legitimate commerce, um, sometimes uh, less legitimate commerce. But uh, it appears that this m is likely at least a believer or perhaps a cleric uh, of Joaquin that's standing in front of you. And they look over to Fren, who nods to them. And with the movement of their hand, some smoke starts to drift out of the sensor. In a very calm voice, even-toned, almost um, not like a chant necessarily, but like this is something that's very rehearsed that they've said many times. They say, do not fret. This is simply uh, to protect against illusion magic. And they begin to swing it back and forth. The, the scent that falls into the room is very sort of earthy. There's a little bit of like an herbal tea almost kind of uh, aroma to it. And as it kind of wafts over you, um, are you inclined with magic, Belladonna, at all? Not really? No. Okay. So then, Morthos, you'd probably be the only one who would recognize the feeling of almost like a dispelling of magic, even if that's okay. something that you particularly don't know how to do. That's something that you could have learned. And so you're familiar with it. Now, luckily for the two of you, your disguises are physical. So nothing mm -hmm. changes. Um, but you you know, Morthos, that the intent of this was to make sure that you don't have any sort of like illusory magic going on about the two of you. Everybody stands and watches you for a moment. Nothing changes. The cleric nods to friend. Friend nods back to the cleric, and they exit out the rear door. At that point, friend goes over to the door to the left, and he says, As I said, there will be a line on the floor. Do not cross it. You can look, but you cannot touch. Each item will have a plaque that will tell you more about it. We will have a few moments only. And um, he pulls out what almost would look like a key, but it's more complicated. It's like there's moving mechanisms on the end of it. Um, he slides this into uh, what is essentially a keyhole, but again, it's, it's almost like it moves as you watch it. So there are a couple of turns to that. It looks like he's also doing something with the end of the key. He's very trying. He's very much trying to hide uh, and cover with his whole body exactly what it is he's doing. It also seems like he's touching different places on the door. And after a few moments, there's not much of a sound, but ever so slightly, probably Bella would be the only one who would pick up on this, like the clicking sound of 
a physical lock releasing. And uh, the door again swings open inwardly. He, he pushes it open and continues through and gestures for the two of you to come in. So you walk in and you see uh, a fairly simple room. The, the, it's all very exquisite looking. The floor is made of marble. The violet carpets are very soft and plush. There is a, a massive, uh, intricate chandelier on the ceiling, which emanates light throughout the room. And there are several pedestals around the room with items on them. This one looks to be a small ring from the other side of the room. This one looks to be a candle. There's a potion that is uh, almost suspended here, but it might be perched up on something to be slightly above. And this looks like a collection of chalks or pastels or something. Up here on the north side, you can see the Violet Scepter itself. It's actually not as impressive as you might have expected. It has almost like a crescent moon sort of shape at the top. The the handle, the haft of it, is gold in itself. And there is a large violet gem or rock that seems to be affixed between the points of the crescent moon. It's probably about two and a half or three feet long. So it's sizable. Um, what it does is, like, if anything, uh, isn't apparent at a glance. There are markings on the floor that essentially line the bounds of the carpet, except for near the entrance where you're obviously able to walk through. Um, but the carpet will essentially be what you're bound to as you're kind of like moving around the room. So he moves in and stands in the center. Uh, all three of the guards follow you in. One stands near the door. One is posted in this corner and one is posted in this corner. They're very much watching you, but they don't look like they're being, again, aggressive or anything it's it's a scrutinous look for sure. They're they're being very careful about this. And he, uh, friend, turns to you and says, "Well, look and read at your leisure. Again, please do not touch." And uh, does the sort of like fold his hands behind his back and just kind of watch you, sort of gesture, leaving you to your own devices. What do you do? I'm gonna go look at all these things. Okay, where, do, where would you like to start? The one closest to the entrance. Okay. So there is a actually rather drab-looking pouch behind three sticks of, they seem to be chalk, a dull gray. Um, there is almost like a sense of energy about them, even for somebody who's not familiar to magic. It's hard to tell what, exactly it would be if anything and you definitely aren't supposed to touch it um so if you want to do that that's up to you <laughs> um yeah, but there's a plaque under it that reads this is a wondrous item from faraway lands these chalk although look unassuming are magical in nature it describes being able to draw lines with them and create magic with them and it talks about um, making paths between different places. Uh, let's see here. Chalk zone? We going to chalk zone, guys? Chalk zone? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> chalk zone. <laughs> these are Crayola, and they create these hopscotch paths. <laughs> <laughs> what it essentially describes, without reading you like the 
the background details of what the items does is it's like almost like drawing a protective ward, like drawing a line in the sand, a line in the mm. sand mm. is kind of what those do. So not chalk zone. I don't know what chalk zone is. <laughs> what? It's a cartoon from Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like early oh, 2000s. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't have cable when I was a kid. Totally Same. fair. I don't know what chalk zone is either. Oh, oh man. Uh, Rudy had a magic chalk that he could draw a circle and enter chalk zone and anything anyone ever drew with chalk that got erased Goes would then there. go to chalk chalk zone and he would oh, have adventures God. in chalk zone. I watched very <laughs> little of that. Yeah. But I remember enjoying it. Good times. Okay, that that character looks kind of familiar. I remember he fought a big cyclops. Mm. Yeah, I remember I remember the cyclops. And he could draw anything he wanted in chalk. Yeah, with the magic chalk, you can, you can just do Ooh. whatever you want. I definitely thought you said Choctaw at first, which is like not only like a tribe of First Nations people, but a casino near, nearby here. And so I thought at first, because I didn't hear everything you said that you were making a reference. And I was like, whatever it is that happened, I didn't know this happened at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chalk Zone. Just kidding. Yeah, chalk Zone. <laughs> the name Rudy to Booty yeah. seems familiar too. Rudy to Booty. Rudy to Booty. <laughs> I love it. Um, so the next one over is uh, a potion. So on the plaque, it says Essence of Rage. It says, this uh, exquisite magical potion tastes like iron and bitter raisins. It imbues the drinker with a furious anger that lasts only for a short time, but grants great power. So it basically makes you bear. <laughs> temporary bear it turns you into bear <laughs> cool I'm just like this all the time <laughs> <laughs> I'm always angry <laughs> That's my the story. next item over is the candle of anti-light says on the plaque um, it's actually got a almost porcelain looking base that has a candlestick a bottom to catch drippings and one of those big like loopy handles to carry it with and it's a single white column of wax for the candle. And uh, the plaque says, Candle of Anti-Light. While burning, this dark, mysterious candle sheds magical darkness around you. It cannot be seen through by any means that aren't magical. Mm. Not for Ooh. the faint of heart. Um, the next item over is a small ring. It's a very, um, it, like, very delicate, very finely made silver band of roses, actually. And the plaque reads, Ring of Roses. One so whom bears this rose may call forth a single bloom each day. It will always be the same size, but the color is of your choosing. It will not last more than a day, so give it to somebody special. Wow. Okay, so, so this section's the shitty magic items. <laughs> <laughs> what? These are, are you cool. kidding me? A candle that drips magical darkness? I'm a rogue. I'm all over that. Yeah, and based on the description, you know that dark vision wouldn't see through it either. Only yeah. magical like light, essentially. Let me actually read the it says a creature with dark vision can't see through this darkness. The ring of roses sounds so romantic. Mm -hmm. Like I can give you a flower every day for the rest of your life. I can pop out of this dark darkness and hand you a little flower. <laughs> any color. Mm -hmm. 
That's the most important part is any color. Yeah. yeah. You got you to you make sure it's <laughs> the right. Hey, what's your favorite color? Oh, yeah, I got it. I got you. I knew. Look, see? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I haven't been stalking you, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and at the far end, this is a this is these are a few steps down here, and then a bit of a raised platform where the scepter itself is on almost like two metal stands that come out of it to have it suspended at an angle. Mm. There is no plaque here, or there's no description on the plaque here. The plaque simply says the violet scepter. I want you both to make a perception check. Morthos got an eleven, and I critically succeeded. <laughs> so um as you're looking at this it's curious that this is apparently the you know the prize of the collection or whatever it's definitely what the casino itself is named after so to not have a description is a little bit mysterious perhaps maybe it doesn't do anything maybe it has some sort of magical properties and as you're as you're looking at this belladonna and you're kind of you know looking at the scepter taking in the surroundings there's something that that draws your eye kind of in the area almost behind and to the left of the scepter on the wall. Now the light from the chandelier does sort of end right at the tip of the scepter. So it's a little bit dark back here, but you're an elf and you have dark vision. And even though it's a little bit more dim and the colors are almost kind of verging over into gray tone, there's just something about the wall right here that, that is giving you those there's more to this vibe. It's difficult to tell what it is, but there's like a seam where there shouldn't be a seam. It it's almost like you can tell there's maybe something illusory to it because you get that sort of I look at it and I can't tell if this is maybe changing a little bit as I look at it, but then if I look away and look back, it looks the way it looked when I first looked at it and it at first glance it just looked like a marble side of a wall, but there's just something that's kind of like invoking your your spidey senses, I guess. Uh, can I say that? Is it like DMCA? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can say the word spidey okay. senses. <laughs> Marvel breaks down our door. No! Yeah. no. D&D's over. The ghost of Stanley. And as you're looking at the wall and kind of contemplating the fact that there's very absolutely some, there's something more to this than what it seems. You notice that the scepter itself has, it's it's very similar to the sort of key mechanism that you saw friend use earlier where it's generally shaped like a key, but you could tell that there were moving parts on the inside and you're not sure whether they need to be activated or whether it's something that moves on its own. Um, but there's just, Without a description, it's difficult to know what this does, but you can tell it has a similar property uh, to that because it on the very top part of the crescent, there is almost like a similar a similar working to it that the key does with these these sort of like pieces that you can tell are fit together and and can come apart only because of the the natural 20 were able to notice all of these things like something just caught your attention and you were able to spend a few moments scrutinizing it um that other details that other people might not have caught is there anything else that you two are wanting to like look around with while you're in here obviously you've just uh, uncovered this information so (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I think Morthos is going to speak up and talk to Fren. Okay. And just, hey, uh, Fren, uh, so these these things all, and he's like gesturing to the, I think I'm close to the roses, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of where we last. These all have, uh, these say what they are. Is that, is that the scepter? That's it? Right, right there? And then like as I'm gesturing, I'm also intentionally kind of half stepping over the line towards the rose ring. Oh, gotcha. To see if there's any sort of reaction there. Got you. As you start to breach the the barrier where like the edge of the rug is essentially in the sort of like line that's that's marked out on the floor. The, and it's not a very it's not a crude line. It's finely done. Like these this is a nice room. Everything looks very affluent. And the the line that's marked out on the floor is like a gold strip that borders the violet rug. And as you start to step over it, there's this tingling sensation, almost like a low-level electric fence. That's like the real-life equivalent of it. And you can tell that if you were to keep your foot over the bounds much longer, that it's it's like slowly increasing in intensity. Okay. And as you do it, uh, he kind of leans forward you know like gestures out with his hand as if to say something uh as you're talking says uh, it, it is the scepter can you please uh yeah, oh, oh yeah i'm feeling that whatever whatever that was oh i do not want to step <laughs> over that for long i assure you should be more careful uh yeah uh, i guess i will um this is kind of like uh kind of drab for something called the collection and this this worldly collector guy right like there's four items and uh maybe more of an antique collection i guess i i expected something a little fancier are you are you intending to so the way you're saying it i think morthos is just like very <laughs> like casual fuck this shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of like <laughs> like a it casual was so hard insult. to get in here and then it's like you know this is it this is it yeah. like come on <laughs> i gotcha Okay, um, go ahead and make a persuasion check for me. Uh, 22. There's like, after, after you have stepped back and friend has relaxed a little bit and his hands have kind of fallen back into, like, folded in front of him, you, you say that and, like, he quirks one eyebrow and there's a, like, a exhalation from his nose and there's almost like ever so slightly some body to that like there's a little bit of smoke almost that comes out like he's having to really hold back he says well if you're unimpressed you're welcome to leave well well I mean I'll stick around as long as Holly does I just you know I guess I'll look around again and really really make sure I understand why why these things are here. I guess I'm not appreciating it. <laughs> oh my god. Of course, this is only a part of the collection and the most valuable items are not available to just anyone. That, that makes sense. Why? He looks very haughty at this point. Go ahead. Wait, this is like the, this isn't the VIP stuff or this is the VIP stuff? 
Are you asking in character or out of character? Out of character. Okay. So you know that um, based on the schematic that you had seen of everyone's best guess, there were several rooms. So it would take a lot to get in here in in most circumstances. And it takes approval based on what friends said to you earlier today. Um, it, it takes approval from the collector uh, directly and and he happens to be here on the premises somewhere at the moment. And so with explicit permission from the collector to people who have um, done very well for them, themselves and gathered a large crowd and drummed up a lot of business are allowed into one room of the collection. So presumably there are several more rooms, maybe even increasing in rarity and usefulness. Um it's hard to say like what might be available, but you get the impression that it's like, this is the violet scepter. They're letting you see the violet scepter. And the other things in here are probably not like the most grandiose items they have, but for the average person who even like a minor noble or something getting in magic items are really rare, not super, not as much to adventurers, but to the average person they are. So this would be something that would be wondrous to the average person but um, like the level of impressiveness decreases with your access to magic items and things like that. But it does kind of seem like this is the like yeah this is a beginner room, and that's they put the scepter in here. The scepter's here, yeah. People get to see the scepter, but the other items aren't like the most valuable by any means. Morthos is like, I got a like a, a little thing that can turn into a bird, and what what right. do you got? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm holding a spell gem that can <laughs> turn me into someone else for a little while, and <laughs> and you got and you got something that'll make you upset. You got a little drink that'll make you upset. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did say it would imbue you with great power for a short time. Uh, it, what's this collector guy like? I'm more those generally just talking at friend now, mm-hmm. I guess, not addressing him necessarily, just kind of <laughs> looking around the room. He keeps to himself and he values his belongings. Huh. Seems like a weird guy. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh another kind of like, it's almost like a snort exhalation. Um, Again, you can tell that there's like a lot of restraint growing on, going on, um, but he seems almost like personally offended. Okay. <laughs> and Bella, you were going to say something. Uh, no, no. Okay, no. Right. I'm just really staring at the scepter. Okay. If there's illusions, can I like choose to disbelieve them? You just roll investigation to do that. Yeah. Okay. And I rolled a one. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Either like really good or really bad really today. Good. That's what today is, I guess. I'm actually just flipping a coin over and yeah. over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Either get one or 20, nothing else. I have one here. Yeah. D2. <laughs> I forget. I think it's a campaign coins I made this one. This literally got like a 20 on one side. And then a one on the other. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so you can tell there's something to it. You can tell there's something going on back there. You don't have to not believe that it's an illusion. It's just that whatever it is, 
it's either really powerful or you just didn't quite figure out. Maybe it's not an illusion per se. Maybe there's just something magical going on about the wall that's not an illusion. It's difficult Mm. to say, but you know there's something up with that sort of region. And you know that there's something up with the scepter. I'm just going to be mentally noting every little detail about this scepter so that I can get in touch with the lark and <laughs> okay. see what we can find out about it. All right. And um, then a few moments pass. Uh, it seems like there's like a time, a short amount of time that you, you were intended to be allowed in here. Mm. And after the time passes, Trin says, well, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you for coming and for not disturbing things too much. We should be going now. Thank you so much for letting us see this. This collection is beautiful and wonderful. Don't mind what my friend said. He is not very sophisticated. Excuse me? That I love everything (laughs) gilded and fancy. There's kind of like a look from friend, like... From you, Belladonna, where he looks very like pleased. He's like, "Oh yes, that makes much sense." And then you start to speak up again, Morathos, and it's almost like side eye. And he's, just- <laughs> I bet these guys get to see the other rooms, <laughs> pointing at the guards on the way out. <laughs> Perhaps they're looking for a job. <laughs> I mean, things are going pretty well in the casino right now, so not, yeah. not currently. It was not a genuine offer, if you please. The door has been opened, and he essentially gestures you out. I will take my leave. Okay. All right. Respectfully, but quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, he ushers you out back into the main room. Everyone exits that room. The door closes. He again kind of like blocks side of it with his body and does something to um, to the door, presumably locking it. And then this door at the south is opened, and... He essentially waves his hand, letting the two of you leave. It doesn't look like he's intending to follow. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. Good you night. Well. <laughs> and as soon as the two of you leave, the door closes behind you. That sounds wonderful. Okay. I need that candle. <laughs> <laughs> Those are random rolls. I was like, oh, man, I can think of somebody who might be interested in this. <laughs> I was wondering that. I was wondering if it was completely random or if they were targeted. So I think that's just wonderful that it wasn't random. Like, Mm -hmm. nice. I usually roll loot randomly unless it makes sense not to. Um, So sure, it's kind of fun how it works out sometimes. Okay. She she didn't she didn't roll for my mom's necklace being in the collection, so it's it's not there. This was all wild goose chase. <laughs> We're gonna find out something weird about your mom's necklace. Is what's gonna happen. It's gonna be. It's the purple scepter. Turn mm. like she never dun, dun, dun. Me- she never mentioned it, but it was a little weird large on her, and it kind of just like hung. It was I don't know. You when, when you're younger, you don't notice those kind of things. Okay. It did look oddly like a stick. <laughs> <laughs> she held it in her hand. Mm, now that mm. you mention it. <laughs> I love that. Um, so do you have anything special that the two of you have planned for the rest of the evening or you just intend to continue gambling, complete your second night stay, and then 
go report back. I, I You said you were going to seek out the Lark again when you're finished with all that, Bella. Yeah, well, yeah, I will be. I'll, I'll probably uh, try to find some time in like a washroom or something to note down all the details I can remember to bring back to the Lark. Okay. But I would spend the evening finishing up, trying to see if I can make more money taking advantage of that free night so as to not raise suspicions. Okay. Um, one moment here. For the rest of the evening, what's your, what is your plan for the evening, Morthos? Uh, I think Morthos is kind of unimpressed. Like, he, he was just like, what are we doing? That was it. Like, you know, he's like, there's other rooms, but he's like, we're, we're, we shouldn't even be trying to rob them. Like, what's the <laughs> point? I love it. Morthos is like, I got a little tingly in my foot. Yeah, <laughs> we shouldn't try to mess with these guys. <laughs> so he's like, maybe, maybe we're better off gambling. But I'm just gonna go check out. I guess it, are we are we planning on leaving together, Bella, Holly? I mean, we don't have to. I guess Morthos will hang out downstairs and like wait for you. Otherwise, he'll just go back to the the hotel. That makes sense. Are you staying in gambling with me then, or you're just like waiting oh, yeah, in the lobby for me to be yeah, done? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't realize you were making. You were gambling again. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think the idea yep. was to go and like make the notes as quickly as possible while it's still fresh, yep. and then go oh, finish okay. the evening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So throughout the course of the evening, um, it seems like not like, your luck has run out. You're not losing. You kind of break even with all the. I did a couple of rolls, um, so we didn't have to like sit through all of that again, but. Um, it's not that your luck has run out. It seems like instead of having incredible luck, everything's kind of like leveled off even keel. Um, you go up a little bit, you go down a little bit, you go up a little bit, you go down a little bit, and it just ends up kind of like breaking breaking even throughout the course of the night. Perfect. Yeah. And you're satisfied with your notes. You're able to write down all the details you want to. If you draw a little sketch or whatever, yeah, everything looks looks fine with your notes. Um recording all that information to the best of your ability. And so this will be the last night in that place. They didn't they didn't indicate that you needed to come back again the next day. Of course, you all can continue to gamble your money as much as you want, but this will be the last night in the like special hotel. Whatever hotel inn. I said hotel, but in, in, yeah. in the special inn. <laughs> hotel motel holiday inn. I love it. <laughs> okay. So um, let's switch over really quick then to Cookie. Um, so you've already kind of like made a few friends. Um, what is your general plan over the course of the next couple of weeks to gather more information? Um, well, I know Fergus specifically mentioned to see like how many guards are around and maybe get their names if possible to kind of know when they come and go mm-hmm. for like um, security type stuff to see how many people will essentially be potentially encountering okay make two perception checks for me and this will just kind of cover you generally like during your free time wandering around and trying to count and keep track of what the general number is at any you know during different times of day okay um the first one is 11 okay and the second one is eight It's okay. You're not in like a combat situation. This is like slow and leisurely. So the DC is not super high. One thing that you notice. So there's always somebody posted near the entrance to the uh, restaurant, the cafe. 
Um, there's generally somebody posted near the front door, sometimes two later at night or um, like during busy times. Uh, there's always two people posted. At, let me switch back over to the main floor of the casino so I can, or the first floor, so I can point things out to you. Um, so here, there's always one person on either side of this during busy times, but there's just one person uh, when it's slower, like earlier in the day, like like brunch times and such like that. Mm, there's always somebody standing at the back of the hallway as well, back here. So in the actual casino area, there's always two people posted behind the, the statue uh, and like little fountain up at the top. There's always one person posted over in front of the door on the side. And then during the slower times, aside from the attendants, of course, there's one person at every table dealing. And then there's um, at slow times, there's one attendant for the slot machines. Um, there's usually a few people serving drinks that can vary, but they're not keeping an eye on, they're not like security so much as they are watching glasses to make sure people are drinking and continuing to spend money. Um, during slow times, there's typically three guards patrolling. If things pick up, there might be up to five. And then like during nights and especially on weekends when the crowd is very robust and can get a little rowdy, there could be anywhere from eight to 10 patrolling the the main area and at that time there's also two slot attendants okay and they're posted strategically but they'll wander as well um they don't seem to have a specific circuit the ones that are watching the floor itself but um the guards that stand uh, at the doors will always enter and exit via the door to the side behind where Rico usually is when they're like doing their change. And on the first floor, it's similar that someone will usually come from the main floor of the casino to relieve anyone who's out here um, or out here. Uh, you never see this person actually change. I don't know if you just like, if it's at like an irregular time and you just never catch it or what, but it seems like the person that's back here is always like, there's always somebody back there and you never see like the changing of the guard. There's similarly one of those, like you wouldn't know this necessarily because you wouldn't get to debrief with Bella and Morthos, but um, there is, there are like rules of engagement posted near the cashiers where it's like, you know, no, card counting, no, whatever, basically like the rules of the casino. And one of the rules is not to um, go beyond the golden line on the floor. And there's a golden line on the floor right here. And the person is always standing at the back. So you know that even like the staff can't cross over that. So you could, you could maybe go back there and kind of like meander maybe and, and try to get like a look, but this person has like full, like full, not plate, but full armor on, and in fact has like a helmet. So you can't even see their face. Wow. And they don't speak. Um, they don't really address anyone or have like a casual demeanor. They look very like um, at attention. They're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Or Warforged. There you go. Or a golem. Mm -hmm. Or a yeah, golem. Could be. 
They do move like a creature that's alive in some sense. Yeah, I was going to say, or mm-hmm. just a suit of armor. <laughs> I was going to say, let me clarify that there is like, if you if you were to even like casually out here kind of stand and watch them long enough, uh, you would see them making like movements like a like somebody who is like, at uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Automated or alive. Like they look like they're breathing. They look like they shift mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, yeah, the normal like body movements. Exactly. Even when you're standing, st- standing still, air quotes, you're still moving to a certain exactly. point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely not like a-, a fake suit of armor. Like taps his foot like Sonic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's the one oddity that you notice mm. as you're kind of like slowly gathering information while while also not trying to be like too suspicious. Okay. Okay. Um, so is there anything else in your agenda? I know you generally wanted to kind of like try to make friends with Rico, which is pretty easy. Um, sweets and stuff. He doesn't he doesn't volunteer too much more information. He does briefly talk about how people were let into um, like the first door uh, of the collection at one point when you're probably bringing him like another treat of whatever the day is or or say hi or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stopping in to to check in and say hi. He mentions that someone is let in. Mm-hmm. doesn't volunteer a whole lot of information about it other than that like they must have been important in some way okay when Cookie was on the tour with um, Imlawe she mentioned if she knew what um, dessert uh, Duval would know would like like his favorite dessert and they said that they would find out did they ever find out ooh that's true actually let me go. I have this written down. I went and looked at looked it up. Gotta gotta look up your NPC's favorite dessert. Now 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 Katie is like every time she makes an NPC, she's gotta be like, okay, here's their hit points, their weapons, and the their favorite, favorite dessert. dessert. <laughs> Must always know the favorite dessert. Yep, yep. I'm gonna have to keep that in mind. Uh yes. So she comes back and she describes something to you. How many um what sort of cultures uh, would Cookie be familiar with in terms of baked goods? Is she like world traveled and knows knows most things across several different like provinces, continents, whatever? Or is it really more like Sword Coast, Faerun, um, like typical stuff? I don't think she would be super familiar like with really exotic things, but um, probably just more with what the Keblers would make in around the Faerun okay. area. So, yeah. So, Imlawe will come back and she will describe to you a dish. Uh, she wasn't given a name. But the dish that was described to her is essentially flan. Okay. It's like fantasy flan. Mm, fantasy flan. Mm-hmm. When, you, when, you, when normal flan's not enough, gotta get me some fantasy flan. Fantasy flan. flan. <laughs> fantasy yeah. flan. That episode of Courage messed me up as a kid. Oh. What happened? Every episode of Courage messed, messed Courage, me up. Courage, the cowardly dog. I love Courage. It scared the shit out that. of me every night me when too. that really? came on. It never scared. It didn't scare uh, me as a kid, but I loved it. But I watched horror movies at a very young age. I, so well, I, I was also a macabre kid, so I very much enjoyed being scared. But that one, like, I had nightmares, and I wake up crying about fantasy flan for some freaking reason like i don't know what chord it struck in the tiny brain of my childhood <laughs> but 
Oh, that one did not sit well with me. <laughs> I didn't know that this was a thing. This is just like. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's funny now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah, yeah. a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, I was traumatized. By that traumatized by kid. fantasy flan. <laughs> <laughs> so she essentially gives, she describes it for you and like what he described the taste and texture to be. And then she hands you what, like the recipe that she, based on what he said, like jotted down. Um, the measurements may not be like perfectly exact, but you have enough information that you being the skilled person that you are, are confident that like, even if it takes you a couple tries to get ex- it exactly the way that it was described, you could figure it out. Okay. I definitely think Cookie would certainly try and make that at some point. Okay. Could Cookie have asked Rico maybe more about like the other guards and like what they're like or yeah, sure. like how they, how the general morale of the place is or whatnot? <laughs> okay, go ahead and uh, make a persuasion roll. Um, I rolled an eight in persuasion. Okay, roll a second one for me given that you'll have several conversations with him over the course of this time. Another eight. Wow. That's three eights in a row. That's great. (laughs) All the eights. (laughs) This is actually, it's crazy eights. Um, This is actually kind of perfect. So at first, a little hesitant to to share too much information. Um, Over a little bit of time with a couple of more baked goods and generally just your like cheery personality. um, He does explain that there are essentially two levels of um like watchers and guards and that the floor attendants or floor the the people who um guard the actual casino floor and who roam and watch for people are sort of one group and uh, well there's three excuse me three groups and then there's the people who are on the the first floor down where the entrance is and then there's a smaller group that keeps a, a watchful eye over the the doors up on up where he's at. Um, like there's less than ten of them that rotate out through the day and the night shifts. I love the eights for like a work friendship, where it's just like we're you know circumstantially we get along and we're you know yeah. we talk to each other, but outside of this we don't really talk to each other or yeah. we're not really friends. Exactly, we work friends. Maybe someday we'll be real friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually hang out and go get, go to a tavern or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So you are able to pick that up. When you when you ask about like, you know, their the other guards' demeanors and stuff, he he you kind of get a lot of like shrugs and like, eh, you know, I work with them. They they do their job well, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's all that I can think of at this very moment. So, okay. Okay. That's information for Fergus. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> to do as he please. Yep. Um, so then you're working full time, Fergus, right now? I, I, yeah, I mean, I part-time. thought it was a part time night type thing. That's what it is. Part time night time. That's yeah. what it is. Also, well, I, I know that you're kind of doing like big picture things, but I do feel like we. So, the last time we left off, there was a scene with Bear. I do imagine f- every time for since nobody's really been around except for Fergus. Fergus always checks on 
bear every time he comes back. And so, like, is he going to notice that there's now food there that was not there previously? Uh, Make a perception check when you get back. Yeah, stop me at any time if you have something else that you want to do. Um, I'm trying to make sure that, like, no one has to sit for, like, two hours while anyone else is doing anything. Or that you you don't feel like you have to role play two weeks worth of interactions if, like, you know, that kind of thing. But stop me if there's something that you want to do for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Fergus comes back from... uh from uh, work that night with uh, Rascal in tow and and just like pops in to uh, check on Bear, uh, make sure they haven't torn up the room and stuff. And I rolled a 19 for perception. Okay. Tell me like when Bear eats and there's like a whole like casserole dish, do you like lick your your maw clean after yeah. you're done? Okay. Yep. I would like in general though, like, I may have bumped the side table and knocked everything off of it. That's kind of... I don't pick things up. Okay. But I didn't leave any food around. Okay. Okay. That's kind of how I pictured Bear. Like, his face is whatever, but I ate every bit of that food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so you come home and you take a look around. And I imagine that Fergus is kind of taking, like, a general assessment to make sure that, like, like you said, like, nothing's gone too awry and that, like, the room seems undisturbed, like, no one else has gotten in as well. Like, just again, checking the security and seeing if Bear's gotten into anything, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so there's, there's like, obvious signs of Bear having, like, moved about and, like, probably bumped a table and, like, a candle's been knocked over. Nothing's been, like, broken. There's no, like, expensive vases that are shattered or anything like that. Um, it looks like the normal sort of disarray of when somebody might bump into something, um, nothing in the room seems amiss. There doesn't seem to be anything missing. Nothing seems disturbed. Nothing seems out of place from when you left it last. Are you going to check on Bear, like, specifically? Or um, is this more of, like, your assessment of the room? So this being the, the day after the, uh, well, the night, you know, the night that uh, Cookie came, um, Fergus uh, picks up all the, like, stuff um, that uh, Bear has knocked down or disarrayed. Um, and then, yeah, clean after me. Once things are kind of cleaned up, <laughs> he, uh, comes over to bear and, and reaches into his bag and grabs the, the treat that, uh, cookie, uh, gave, gave to, uh, them and, and sets it down in front of bear and just goes, uh, um, what I was supposed to scratch them on the, under the chin, under the, ch- I, I, I guess, uh, Fergus is going to wait for them to start eating um, so that their mouth is distracted. (laughs) Bear, how's that go? Uh, Bear's definitely going to freeze at the hand approaching the food area and like be like, what are you reaching for? (laughs) Like, I don't know if if he continues coming, then I might growl at him. Uh... Would you say that when you stop, you're looking more like suspiciously or more aggressively? Like, do you immediately have that kind of like, get your hand the fuck away sort of look that an animal Just can? Just suspicious. Okay. Just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> for for Fergus, Fergus is definitely like slow about it because like Fergus does not want to do this, but he was just like instructed <laughs> to do this. And and he as as he's reaching, he just kind of says like, "Cookie told me to scratch you," and and he um just goes, 
sorry you guys are apart. She really misses you. And then he like tries and then, but but definitely if there's like aggressive he like stops. Okay. I'm going I'm going to let him do it. I'm going to keep eating, but I'm going to watch where the hand goes. Cuz okay. I recognize Cookie and Scratch. And I was like yeah. Okay. And then and then yeah, he he does a little scratch and then is like, "Okay, I did what I was told." And then <laughs> and then yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, goes goes back to his uh, room once everything seems good. So while you're giving the food and having the little like, it's okay, I'm not taking your food, and you go to, to scratch Bear's chin, it's not necessarily that you see anything amiss, but as you're like putting the treat down at first, you did catch a whiff of like like a meaty kind of smell, mm. like a fresh, like fresh cooked sort of smell. And not something I would have provided or like a different... And hmm. Yeah, and so it's it's almost like you can you recognize that like on Bear's breath is a smell of like like freshly cooked meat. Um while 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 we're since since this is a smell check, you gotta <laughs> you gotta bring my boy out. Oh yeah. I'm gonna roll twice just because he gets it, but but Rascal definitely got this whiff of that with a nat twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh so I imagine Rascal definitely smells something too. <laughs> Rascal definitely gets the the scent just just naturally as a creature who is going to smell their environment anyway mm. because that smell is important to wolves and canines. Yeah. Um, he'll also detect the sort of like this is food. This is like human food that yeah. that wasn't here. Like. I didn't have any of this. You didn't give this to us, kind of. So like. I think between me smelling it and seeing Rascal like perk up, knowing that like, hey, I smell meat. Yeah, like you get closer to Bear, and and like, you know, like Bear exhales as you're putting down the um, the treat or whatever, and Rascal kind of does the like. Fergus kind of like puts a hand on his sword, and he like like smelling that no going like i didn't this is not one of the foods that i've brought something smells off like literally smells off um and he put puts a hand on his sword and he's like looks around and goes morthos bella are you back and kind of like goes goes to their rooms uh to, like goes all around to see if like anyone else is here No one's there. And uh, he goes back to Bear and goes like he 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 continues trying to talk to Bear. Obviously, like knowing that Bear has abilities, but can't actually he can't actually communicate with them, and just like still goes like, how did you get m- more meat? Damn it! I was trying to burp. Bear, bear's just gonna burp. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that was a, that was a better one. It was a meteor one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fergus is definitely on edge with that. He doesn't. He definitely doesn't trust it. 
he he goes back to his room uh quickly he grabs the mirror uh that's that's still wrapped up in the uh sleeping bag and brings it uh back to back to the suite uh where where bear stays and he like sets himself up on like a couch or something to just like keep an eye on on the situation like somebody's been here something's off and and he doesn't trust it so he just like like keep keeps a watch okay so you're gonna stay in there tonight yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stay in this i'm gonna stay in the suite with near bear because like that's where the sums up yeah Yeah. sums up in there (laughs) okay sums rotten in denmark okay so um so bella and morthos won't be back until the second night so you have work the next day you go to work um kind of the same as before you're you're like picking up the tools of the trade and every once in a while if you have like a stubborn stubborn food that you need help with or whatever Ajax is more than happy to like stop in and give you a tip. Um, sometimes it's like, oh, salt and a lemon will take that right off or, you know, whatever um, things you have on hand. And sometimes it's a little bit more complicated. Um, Lilia visits you again, Bear. Um, she brings another like casserole-esque type dish. Um, go ahead and make a smell check for me. I rolled a 15. Um, so it's basically the same sort of dish that you got last time. You can smell that there's more vegetables in it this time. Still tastes good, but you know that it's like, like there's some carrots in here this time that weren't in there last time. God dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna get some vitamin A. <laughs> My eyes are fine, Lulia. Um, and she kind of just like does the same thing where she she pops in, she um, she sets it down for you. Did you leave the mirror in there? If he's going to work, he would bring the mirror back to his room. Okay. Yeah, he he would he would do whatever to keep it in as cl- like in the safest place that he thinks it is. Yeah. So like he goes well like Morthos and Bella could come back to the suite when they do it. So I'm gonna move back to my room, where wherever he considers the safest. And and when he's at work, it would be his room. Gotcha, perfect. Um, so she kind of takes a look around. She's noticed that you've like bumped into a few things and she like picks up the candlesticks and puts them back in the holders and such while you're eating. And same kind of thing. She just like gives you a couple of like pats uh, after you've finished eating, um, clean, cleans everything up. Um, and um, she brings some water this time as well to make sure that you've got enough uh, going on. And it's generally just like seems like she's just making sure that you're being taken care of. Um, and cause you're being left alone and stuff like that. Is there anything in particular you want like to do with your interactions with Lily or are you content to like eat and go back to your business? Totally up to you. I'm content to eat. Okay. I'm not a terribly affectionate bear. Yeah, that's fine. And yeah. she seems nice enough. She brings food, you know? Um, so she, cl- she cleans everything up and she, she takes off again the same way she did last time. She'll go and she'll kind of call for you. And when you, when you make a bit of a noise, she'll make her way in. And then when she makes her way out, it, um, the door like locks behind her as well. Um, so the second night, you two are still staying in your fancy inn, right, Bella and Morthos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of have a similar, similar occurrence the second time when you come back to check on things, Fergus. This time, nothing seems knocked over. So it seems like Bear has 
maybe been a little bit more careful today or something. I feel like I feel like Fergus would find that more suspicious. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's entirely possible, yeah. Knowing the things that you encountered the day before, when you check this time, you don't uh, smell anything on Bear's breath this time. Mm. Um, she stopped in. Now that she's familiar with the schedule, she essentially stopped in a bit earlier, um, Bear. So it was kind of like while you were fed a little bit like closer to the time that Fergus got home last time, this stop was much earlier in the day. Um, like pretty pretty soon after he had left. So by the time you get back, there's not like that. There's not like that obviously lingering scent this time, Fergus. Mm. Um, so while it might seem more suspicious of the rooms, like not askew, there's not also not the smell of like cooked meats or anything. Okay, Fergus is still like something seemed off the other night, and with you know due to the super sketch nature of what they're doing he's definitely on edge but not he's not like ready to fight as much as he was the night before gotcha i mean i think a little bit of like paranoia not paranoia even just like nervousness and anxiety about the security of your surroundings is like super normal in a situation like this yeah so um on the after the morning of the third day uh is there anything in particular morthos and bella that you do before heading back to your suite the original one the golden harp. Yeah, the golden harp. I I don't think I would okay. have anything. Then you can wake whenever you want to wake. You know you have to leave by noon. That's the only restriction on this day. Um, but when you when you wake is kind of up to you outside of that, and you're free to head back whenever you two see fit. So why don't you tell me what you do? The dawn of the third day. I'm kidding. Morning of the third day. <laughs> why well, just wake up? Like bright and early as the sun's rising, and I'll go straight back to the hotel. I'm not going to bother with Morthos. Wow, ditching him! Wow, uh oh, I love it. I think Morthos is in a little trouble then. I think he's continually tried to sleep in and enjoy the luxury that he that he has while he can. Then yeah, I think Morthos just slept in and kind of expected Bella to be up and like would have gotten him. Okay. Do you think you overslept past noon? Uh maybe didn't sleep past noon, but like didn't leave necessarily. Gotcha. Okay. So you wake up late in the day or like later in the morning. Time passes and you're you're recognizing like the sun is almost kind of at the noon position in the sky and Bella hasn't stopped in to come fetch you. You know, you've only got maybe like 30 minutes before it's time to leave or who knows what will happen. I guess they'll come kick you out, maybe. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think, yeah, at that point, he's just like, he goes and sees if Bella's there, like goes to her door and is like, we got to go. Okay. So you you head over, like, I think you guys were in rooms almost next to each other even. And um, you basically like walk out and you see the like typical like door open and there's somebody in there like cleaning up. Like the room's being turned over, turned over, turned over for the next person. It's not being turned. So. It's getting turned. It's getting turned. <laughs> turned over getting for the next person. <laughs> Man, Bella got turned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a, like, obviously like she's vacated the premises at mm. this point. What do you do? Yeah. And then he, I think Morthos just, yeah, 
grabs all his stuff and kind of wanders wanders back to the the original inn. Okay, make a perception check for me. Uh, Eleven. So as you exit the um, the the fancier place that you've been staying, this is kind of like almost like a promenade esque type area. This is definitely like a series of inns very close to the casino. Like they're all here for a reason kind of thing. And there are seating areas and little garden installations and sitting in, uh, sitting on a bench near like a a little garden installation where there's a a line of like flower pots and such is a familiar face. They don't approach you, but as you exit, um, there's kind of like nod in your direction. Uh, They've got a book in their hands that you can't tell if they're reading it or they're pretending to read it. Uh, and obviously, it's it's Adaro. Um, just sit there and kind of like watch you as you walk out. I think Morthos just kind of nervously smirks as walking by. Just uh, hi, like you know, Adaro gave me a nod, like "Hey, I'm mm-hmm. here still," and yeah. just like, "Oh, hey, fr- friend," but no, not friend, but like you haven't killed me yet, so. <laughs> You're not the worst person I've yeah. ever owed money to. <laughs> yeah. Um, they don't make any move to approach you, just kind of like exactly like you said, making sure you know that they're still there. Let you on your way. Okay. All right. So, Bella, you make it back first, obviously. Um, Fergus, what time are you waking up in the day these days? Since you're working kind of late. I mean, yeah, I imagine I'm waking pretty late. Uh, let's say... Probably around 11, somewhere in the 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. zone. <laughs> okay. I think you would arrive home. Both of you would arrive back before Fergus wakes up, before he wakes up naturally. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of up to you, to, to you all, like what you do in terms of like filling him in and all that stuff. So I'll let you tell me how your morning goes. No, I wouldn't actually be there. I'm going to try to find a connection to get a hold of the lark. Okay. You re- you would remember that she um you initially made contact with her when she checked into the room like across the hall and down one. Mm. Um and you've during the couple days that you were still at that place, you saw her around, so it's reasonable to assume she's probably still there. She didn't give you a time frame, though, so you could go back to the same place you went before to try to make contact with someone with the candle signaling, or you, you could check uh, at that door. Those are the two places that you would know to go make I contact. I would leave a note in Thieves Cant underneath the hotel door. Okay. What does it say in, in Thieves Cant? You don't have to give me the the fake part of it. Uh, Basically, just like, I have a description of the Violet Scepter and need to know if you can find out more. Okay. Or if you'd be interested in finding out more. Would you like to do me this favor? <laughs> Would you like to know more? Um, what about what time about do you think you get back and leave this in the morning? It's totally up to you. Nobody's given you any like time limits. Like mid-morning, not super-duper early, but, like, not quite brunch time, I guess. Gotcha. So basically, <laughs> like, time. you stop back in and you you do this and, like, slip this under the door before you go back to the suite. Okay. Yeah. Um, you slip the, the paper under the door uh, and you do hear a little bit of movement, um, the sound of, like, paper being moved against something and just general, like, 
what it what sounds like paper being picked up off of the floor, like the sort of like sound of that and then being folded open and read. There's no like the door doesn't open or anything like that at, um, at this time. So if you if you hang out for just a few moments, it seems almost like somebody paced away from the door. Maybe like they're going to go do something, but they don't open the door or anything like that. Just this moment. Okay, then I, then I will return to the suite. Okay, so so you've dropped off that information with um, whoever's in there, um, and <laughs> just tossed a line. We'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the and the uh, the room cleaner was like, "This is weird." <laughs> <laughs> They'll never know. Um, and it's probably about an hour ish before Mo- Morthos gets back. Then, if you're like right before brunch and and he's heading back more towards lunchtime. Um, so is there anything special you do when you when you get into the suite? It doesn't have to be, just an opportunity if there's anything else you want to check up on or do. I mean, I guess I can check in with Fergus if he's around. Are you sleeping in the suite again uh, tonight, or are you going to sleep in your room the second night? I think with the thing being, you know, the night before, I think he'd still be uh, hanging near the suite. Okay. Yeah, so you you go in and he's essentially like asleep on the couch. Like there wasn't another room in there. Well, then I'm not going to disturb him. Even though that like Cookie's not staying at the suite, he almost was like, "That's Cookie's bed. I'm not. I'm not going to use it." (laughs) Um. So yeah, he's he's set up on the couch. Okay. Then I'm just gonna chill and wait. Yeah. Okay. Post up in a corner, sit on the floor, stare at the bear. Got it. Write notes to people. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bella, for co- telling me you were going. Just left me there. I I think that, especially with him being on edge about somebody coming in, he like, like, and then like uh, grabs for his his uh, sword as he like spurns awake and then like uh looks around uh real quick and like notices uh bella and uh morthos presumably still in the disguise but a disguise that he has seen um so he he goes whoa i I thought you guys were someone else and then and then just kind of like sits down to catch his breath while they (laughs) talk Uh, sorry. I didn't necessarily think we needed to leave together. Well, it would have been nice to just know, like, hey, well, time to go. We gotta go. You know, there's things to do. I was just sleeping in, enjoying <laughs> the last, the high life. Oh, okay. And you wanted me to pull you from that? All right. Noted. Next time we do something nice, I'll make sure you don't get to enjoy it the entire time. I'm just saying I had to find my way back here all alone. Oh, you (laughs) poor thing. How did you manage? Well, you know, I'm from this this place, kind of. I've I've lived here before. Oh, okay. So So you're fine. (laughs) Just, you know, common courtesy or something. I don't know. It would have been nice. Oh, thought we were friends. (laughs) Um, we can be friends. <laughs> I think I think at like that level, like 
uh, Fergus can sense the like awkwardness going on that he kind of like uh, spouts up and goes, uh, "What? What'd you find out?" And 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 uh, also kind of looks looks at Morthos quickly and then realizes that Bella was the one who um, borrowed money. <laughs> Because like he he's he's used to like Morthos asking for money, and then he's like, oh, oh wait, no, I got Bella's the one who actually. Oh, I'll give each of you fifty gold pieces. Oh, okay. So do you hand that over right away, or do you wait for Fergus to like ask? If you're gonna ask about it, I'll hand you fifty gold pieces. Okay, so well, yeah, and then and then Fergus was gonna go, like, I heard you uh one one big. Yeah, I did pretty well. Here you go. Here's your money back with interest. <laughs> Did you also give Morthos? Yeah, I would have given you the same okay. amount. He didn't have to like prompt it or anything. No. Now he's like thinking. Okay. <laughs> now I'm thinking, is Bella gonna automatically give it to him, or is he gonna be like whine about that too? And 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 when when Frigus Frigus like uh it says thank you uh when he gets it back, but it's still like like it's his money. But then then he kind of like waits for them to say what happened well uh we saw the scepter and and the collection seems like it's just a bunch of junk i think they're we're better off just gambling did you did you see the necklace no no necklace there was a ring no necklace okay so you saw the whole collection no well, the, it's we a saw tiered the, system. Yeah, the the first room with the scepter. We saw the important part, I guess. Like when when Morthos first is like, yeah, we saw the collection. Fergus like perked up, like, oh, so so they know where it is. And then when when they're like, they didn't see the necklace. He's like, it's not there. And then like, oh, we only saw one room. He's like, he like looks at Morthos, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, um, why would you say we saw the collection when you saw one room? <laughs> Um, and he, and he goes, uh, so what's security like? Are what kind of trouble are we going to run into trying to get, you know, get stuff out? Uh, there's a lot of doors and a lot of guards. Well, hopefully we'll deal with the guards. I mean, there's doors everywhere. He, he kind of like gestures at the like doors all around the room <laughs> and and he uh and he goes uh, anything else uh there was like a fancy looking key thing that this guy did he stood in front of the door and kind of gestured at it and he he looks kind of I guess looks like quizzical at that a lot of doors <laughs> uh, didn't didn't seem very open they have a security field around the room, so you can't necessarily get to the objects and touch them without being intercepted by this magic oh, yeah. field. Magic, like, was it like force field? The, the kill field? I don't know. Ask Morthos. I think he touched it. Kind of a burning, kind of <laughs> intense. You know, the it felt like this weird sensation coming up my foot and into my body, and 
I, f- I feel like this might have been a thing that he had to roll at the time, but since he is a magic user, would he have any clue what type of magic that would be? I doubt that you would know the actual spell um, because it's special. Would he know the school magic? Uh, it's... Yeah, if he wanted to know more about it, he'd have had to, like, um, ask questions. Now, if that's something that you want to do, and just because, like, you're unfamiliar, like, you're still, like, learning D&D, we, we can totally do those roles now um, if you want to. Or you want to just, like, think back and see if you can determine yeah, um, based on the maybe information. Maybe just trying to think on it a little harder, right? I don't think I would have asked in the moment, like, what kind of force field is this? Because, like, I was already pushing buttons on like what's the collector like kind of thing yeah well yeah for i would imagine it'd be an arcana check or yes it would definitely be an arcana check yeah all right so i rolled an 18 okay you know that there was obviously magic to it it seemed like maybe abjuration or conjuration something like that the spell itself wasn't familiar to you not even familiar, like, not even remotely familiar, honestly. Not even something, like, probably would even be in your wheelhouse. But obviously magic, something something with those vibes. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, he didn't even notice the weird shit about the scepter, so he wouldn't have had to. Right, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, so you wouldn't have even been able to scope out what kind of or magics are going on there. Okay. Uh oh so do you I guess share that information? <laughs> not that not that it's really that helpful. Right, like I uh I don't really know what the the spell was. Uh, it was it was a magical barrier of some kind and it definitely got more intense over time. That's that's all I got out of. I I just stepped on it for a second and so got got right off cuz it started to hurt. So not strictly a barrier, more of a like, no, a field. Well, no, because it like it damages you. It doesn't block you. So right, so, it didn't physically prevent me from yeah. crossing the line. It just it yeah, hurts you if you there cross. was an effect. Yeah. So can Fergus roll an Arcana to like see if he can make sense of that in in like if he because like I'm trying to figure out if Fergus would be able to go like okay, this might be something that if you're just strong enough, you could, like, overcome, or if this is a thing that, like, would literally, like, kill you, uh, like, a you know, hey, this is, like, a disintegrate thing that was just warming up, or... Yeah. Okay, go ahead, yeah. Uh, 17. So, based on the description, it doesn't sound like any spell, any particular spell that you know. You know that people can create various words and barriers and that spells can be created somebody had to make every spell in existence they had to discover it so it's always possible that there's like a special magic that someone comes up with or that there's more than one effect going on at the same time there is a spell that while you don't know it it's something that you could have picked up along the way called alarm that's not this at all but like some of the things that were described seems like pretty reasonable like you cross over a threshold and with alarm, somebody is notified silently of what's going on or audibly of what's going on. And this kind of seemed like some sort of maybe version of that or like a barrier um, of some kind that 
was intent to first give warning and then mm. perhaps cause harm. So maybe like a modified alarm that. Yeah, maybe. Or or like a ward that has like a bit, little bit tinge of alarm worked into it. Or both spells active at the same time, maybe. Would, would a 17 give him an idea of like how to overcome it in any way? Other than other than just like a dispel spell, dispel magic type. Yeah, with with wards, it depends on the ward, and you're not sure what ward, if any, there might be, or what barrier. Okay. Yeah, it would just be dispel magic for the alarm spell, particularly. Um, so if this is a modified version, then dispel magic works against most things, yeah. as long as you're casting it at a high enough level. Yeah, doesn't none of us have dispel magic, so it doesn't really help us. Um, no, there are scrolls that you could get though. Yeah. So, so the only thing that Fergus could think of would be like, hmm, might have to get a dispel magic scroll, yeah. or maybe if all it does, like you know, if we're quick about it, yeah, yeah, maybe just grab the thing and run, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I suppose that would, if it if it is a quick thing. I mean, although of course. There's no reason to believe that, like, the second glass shatters, that thing doesn't amp up to 100. Um, right, right, yeah, yeah. That's that's the first barrier, right? Yeah, that, like, that's, that's just the... like, uh, hey, keep your hands back and not a, not a, like, hey, if you actually go farther, it could amp up and keep, keep you away. So, like, Fergus, Fergus just kind of, like, sighs, going, like, <sighs> another hitch. And, um... I like that Fergus was thinking like once you're in, you're in, right? Like maybe you could just pick stuff up. Well, and now he's like, oh no. Well, actually, now we've got a plan for this. Yeah. My, well, my my thought, what my slash Fergus's thought was like, the big hitch is getting into the collection, um, and then like the main thing is like the guards. Like he figured, if there there'd be a deal of like break the glass, alarms go off, guards come. Uh, he wasn't thinking. Oh yeah, they're gonna have a like magic that's going to defend it itself. Um, so he he had answers for the guards. He didn't have answers for a magic mechanism that would literally hurt you if you got near it. Now, to be clear, Marthos didn't take I didn't damage. Take damage yet. Yeah. So you don't know if it hurts you. It could just be like uh like a prod. Like mm. hey, you've crossed over. Like. You need to step back, yeah. um, or it could explode and kill you all. Like it's hard to know, but <laughs> the I think I think that the idea that friend gave was that like, hey, this is uh, hurtful. Maybe I don't know. I think I described it as hurting me too when I said it to Fergus just then. Yeah, yeah. he was like, yeah. kind of burned and yeah, got worse. And also, Morthos, the minute you stepped over, friend looked over. Mm. So, or like the second, I should mm. say. So before you said anything, he had noticed that. Now, whether that's because he was alerted by this thing or he just was watching you closely as they all right. were, it's it's impossible to say. But um, but he knew that you were doing, that you had crossed it before you said anything. Uh, okay, well, Ferg- Fergus kind of uh, nods and then he notes that uh, Bella mentioned the purple scepter. Right? Violet scepter. Uh, violet. The violet scepter. Um, Fergus kind of like 
looks over her at her with like a half a smile and 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 goes so tell me about the scepter there's not much to know all of the rest of the items had a description underneath it so i got an idea of what the significance of it was but for the scepter it was placed on its own elevated and there was absolutely no description at all and it was strange and i would kind of describe it vaguely to him i wouldn't give him the details necessarily that i would give to the lark but i'd give him a general idea of how like strange it is compared to other staves and and the the fact that like it felt illusionary no i wouldn't mention that Okay, okay, well, yeah, that's going to be a big thing based on how he reacts. <laughs> um, then, so, Fergus goes, so is it in a glass case, or no. is it? It's just sitting there. Yep. In the basest of rooms, of all of the other magic items in there, they seemed, I mean, they were cool, but they were... There was chalk. There was chalk. It was a little gimmicky. They were gimmicks. A melted candle. <laughs> For, Fergus, Fergus like uh, perks up when he hears chalk and he goes, the great wizard Rudy's chalk? <laughs> Anybody? Nope. No? Not that. I'm trying to decipher whether the expanded universe will actually include that right now or if that's just I feel like I feel like Katie will make a history check, both of you. Oh my god. <laughs> Six. Fourteen. There's all kinds of magical chalks. This one said null chalk, not Rudy's chalk, but, but you know. There there's there's nothing to say that Rudy's chalk doesn't exist. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It's all kinds of magic chalk. Yeah. Um. And then and then yeah, as they as they go like no, he he kind of like sulks down, going like he's he's heard of Rudy's chalk. <laughs> um. He he looks uh back at Bella and, and and goes. So as far as you can tell, if we can get back into that room. There's nothing that stops us from quickly just walking up and grabbing it. We don't know necessarily what that weird outline of the room does. We were outnumbered in the room, too. Like, I guess... We also don't know if there's, like, a trip mechanism underneath the scepter or if... Like we have no idea. For Fergus, we can't. You, I absolutely do not think you can just walk in and grab it real quick. I don't think that that would be possible. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, Fergus, uh, kind of like looks at Morthos again and kind of like scans his like clothing and stuff and goes, as far as you can tell, was your clothing hurt at all when you stepped over the line uh no just just my feelings no just my insides <laughs> so would it hurt to 
throw a rope over and pull pull the scepter to us, and then we don't have to step over the line. Can anyone here work a lasso? Yeah. <laughs> who's 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 lasso proficient? On bear. <laughs> For some reason, I feel like you've never conducted a heist before. Um. There's a reason I'm not in there right now. It's the reason I asked you people. And there's a reason that I don't think that that would work. Uh, Fergus kind of... Fergus knows that, like, at the end of the day, he, he still is just going off the secondhand reference and he can't really... Uh, know for sure what is in there. Um, so he he just kind of goes back to his side of the the plan and um goes uh. Speaking of getting in there, uh, Bella, your friend. Do you think she could get a city guard's uniform? That could fit me. I can certainly ask. That would be great. And he kind of like looks over to Morthos really quickly and kind of like in a, I don't think so, but it's just maybe two. <laughs> See what I can figure out. Um, I think with as is Bear awake yet? Did Bear wake up when I like bust in the door yelling? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I think with that, um, uh, Fer- Fergus, uh, goes, uh, thank you. This this helps. And then he uh looks at Morthos quick and goes, um, hey, can you come with me? I we gotta. Go uh, talk to the workers. Uh, me and Bear are going to go out real quick, but uh, will you be here when we get back? Uh, yeah, I might go get something to eat, but other than that, yeah, okay. I'll be around. And then and then, uh, uh, Fergus uh, takes uh, Bear out again for, for uh, breakfast and a run. Okay. Go ahead and make your uh, checks. What do we say? The athletics checks to see if... Bear and or Rascal can catch Fergus. Athletics. Uh, Fergus got a six. Oh, okay. Bear got a 12. And Rascal got an eight. Okay. So this time you take off Fergus and it's like, like less than a minute before Bear overtakes you uh, before, before Rascal can. Um, are you going to like tackle him to the ground, get the food kind of thing? Or is it more like a... You caught like how do you catch up to him? Bear. Tackle. <laughs> you get tackled by a bear. <laughs> One who isn't intending to harm you, I assume. Yeah, I'm just I'm just holding him down so I can take the meat not off of his bones, but from his arms. Yeah. Can you know. Fergus try and like wiggle free or, or push push bear off? You can. Um Athletics or acrobatics? I mean they're the uh, same. Definitely athletics. <laughs> 12 okay 18 <laughs> yeah 
For, uh, yeah, for you get- promised a bear meat if they caught you, and the yeah. bear has caught you. Yeah, <laughs> see, this exercising has worked out. Yeah, super strong now. Yeah, all those veggies <laughs> today compared to yesterday. Like Fergus is definitely very impressed with, I guess, the growth <laughs> over the like one day training, and he's he just kind of like he's kind of like panting under the- them as he kind of like chucks the meat to the side to like get get bear off them <laughs> and then and then once once like bear goes after it beckers is nodding yeah. her head <laughs> yeah um uh he stands up and goes okay i think you're gonna be fine <laughs> <laughs> and 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 uh and then um they like eat and then he makes his way like they go back to the Sweet. Okay, sweet. Um, so when do you and Morthos plan to go and and rabble rouse? Uh, okay. Well, actually, I think with this, um, so Fergus is gonna want to go when it's as dead as possible. So he's actually probably gonna have to wait till tomorrow. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, because like brunchish time yeah. is usually when like they're open and there's maybe a person or two there. Yeah, maybe most. Yeah, days. so he's he's probably gonna to, uh, go. Just kind of like explain like, hey, tomorrow we're gonna go in there and just kind of, uh, I'm going to represent the, um casino and restaurant uh unionization guild just back up whatever i say am i also with the guild yes you you are with and and he kind of like looks at the outfit that uh morthos has been wearing lately and he goes dress a little bit more humble tomorrow i was thinking about going as myself that's fine I'd like to be me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I think I think probably uh, before work, uh, Fergus has probably like gotten like a piece of like paper that he's found out, and he's tried to like scribble out like a a business card looking thing um, that basically says that, <laughs> uh, so that he can like show it to the the person he ends up talking to. Okay. All right. So, um, based on the amount, so you're going to do that tomorrow. Yeah. Cookie, it's going to take you to get, to feel comfortable with the information that you've gathered that I had given you. It's probably going to take another like four or five days. Okay. I was wondering. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll be meeting up with them probably after they do this. And then, um, Bella, it'll be another like, week or so before you hear back so we'll we'll do the rabble rousing um cookie you'll you can take over meeting up with fergus while he's at work and then we'll we'll go to bella i guess if like fergus is making a card but i don't think he mentioned that to morthos right he's just doing it on his own well i would i would be doing it in the suite so you would possibly be able to see me like scribbling Okay, so I think Morthos is going to make his own, but since he has a forgery kit and he's good at it, he's going to try to make like a really official looking one. Okay, perfect. Go ahead and roll. Did you want me to roll for mine? Um, 
what materials do you have on hand, Fergus? Like the ink from the room? Yeah, I figured like some simple parch, like maybe like a notepad and a a like quill that like would just like be what in a hotel a would have. Yeah. Okay. Um, has Fergus ever like tried to make a business card before? No. Do you think you need to roll for that well, to go exactly how you think? Vote for Fergus cards. Oh yeah. Well, I. Mm. Or That's Fergus, true. King of Far. Yeah, King of I do, Far I do imagine cards. I've had those printed, so I know what a good a business card, like a a nice card, would look like. Fer- okay. Fergus has not made that. Okay. Does he use the back of the King of Arwick? No, <laughs> Fergus would not do. <laughs> don't, don't do that. No. Okay. Um. So, do you think that um Fergus is going to try to go out of his way to make it super fancy, or do you think he's going to try? Like, do you need to roll? Because I don't like making people roll okay. and like possibly fail on something that they could standardly do if they just know that it's going to be very plain. But if you want to try to make it really good, then absolutely. Well, my my thought is that like, I mean, in the world of D anD D. Would someone really need the a gilded business card to represent a work union? Not necessarily gilded, but um, like like so with the forgery kit, there's like colored inks. Yeah. Um, so like knowing that this is for like a workers' union, it probably wouldn't necessarily be. It would be less like gold inlaid and more colorful, um, fancy handwriting sort of thing. I think I think mm-hmm. he's he you know he's not going for anything crazy. Um, I mean, so yeah, he's he just looking for like a basic, like okay. my my first business card, like something you can get from Vista Baby's Print. first business card. Okay, um, so go, you can go ahead and just roll like straight dexterity then, because it's going to be like how clean are your lines, how nice is your handwriting, and more thirst. You can go ahead and roll Seven. your forgery. Eight. So not not much better than Fergus's. No. <laughs> so essentially, the way it comes out is that like, um. Fergus, like your lines are mostly straight. You can like take something and like help make sure that you write in the straight line. And then if you do any like lines on the outside that they're straight, but they're still a little wobbly. The ink gets a little blotchy in a couple of places. More those yours looks like clean because like your base level of ability means you're not just going to like oopsie spill ink all over the place or have blotches. But it certainly isn't nearly as impressive as the like fake invitation. This mm-hmm. is a very like plain straightforward but colorful business card and you kind of finish and you look at it and you're like i guess i don't really know what these are supposed to look like but looks okay so on that day you have just made your business card and gotten yourself cleaned up um and keep in mind like there's still like two and a half ish weeks before like the main event so if you have downtime activities you want to do then you can make any roles necessary for completing any downtime tasks um i know like wizards can be like transcribing spells and things like that so just let me know what it is that you plan to do with that. Interject whenever you feel is necessary, and we can address that as needed. Um, if if there's nothing else that anyone plans to do that day, then we can go ahead and skip to the next morning when um, you head off to Ravel Rouse. Um, so yeah, Fergus uh, leaves, leaves with Morthos, and as they kind of like start walking over there, uh, uh, Fergus kind of looks at Morthos and goes, "Can I ask you something?" Uh, sure. You are constantly asking for money and seeking money, but as far as I've seen, you have not spent a 
a copper piece. What what do you want all this gold for? What are you going to do when you get it? Well, you know, money just kind of it's it's meant to be spent, so like uh, I tend to, you know, treat myself from time to time. Nice little meal here, maybe you know, spend a night at a fancy place, just kind of buy a drink, and then before you know it, you're you're in need of more money. So it just kind of goes in a cycle. And 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 Fergus, um, Fergus kind of uh, looks at him and goes, like he kind of like shakes his head as he he says that, and kind of goes as. As far as I've seen, as as few days as I've known you, you seem to get anybody to spend their money rather than you spend yours. But of of the group here, if if my vague math is right, you might have some of the most gold based on the fact the rest <laughs> of us haven't have been spending ours and you don't. So are you is there an amount that you want that's going to make you happy or what? Well, why I work for you sort of in this, in this relationship. Right. So I, I guess I kind of view it as when you are spending, you're, you're paying me, right? Like, Oh, you got the, the room that was payment. When we get a meal, uh, that's, that's payment, right? When we, when we do this big job, my share will be payment. <laughs> Back at Tanaba, when I first met you, you asked me for a gold piece to throw into the the fountain. You weren't working for me then. I mean, you're you're a king, right? <laughs> I'm not a king. I don't know why you keep telling people this. Well, you keep telling people that you're gonna be a king or something. Fergus kind of like lowers his voice and goes, "I'm a prince. It's different." Well, then, yeah, spend your parents' money, man. <laughs> My parents are dead. And so I, your I, money, then, there, there's, there's a disconnect here somewhere. You've got you to gotta be loaded. My grandparents are the king and queen. There's a line, and it's not to me. And I think, I think at that, Fergus, Fergus, like, was just trying to, like, figure out, like, what, Morthos wanted out of like why is why he's trying to get all this money, but it he just got all this pushback that he finally just kind of like drops it and 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 kind of goes like, well, you you just do you, and he he go he just goes, um, okay, I'm I'm gonna take the lead on this, um, just make sure that. Whatever happens, you they know that I'm the one in charge because as far as I can tell, I don't think you want to be the have the spotlight on you uh, when it comes to things. And, and he looks at Morthos for agreement. You got it, boss. <laughs> That's Morthos doing a voice. And then I think I think with I think with that, Fergus just kind of like gives like a deep sigh and then and then like uh like quietly walks the rest of the way to the casino
Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Gamers. And remember, if you enjoy this, uh, you can uh, subscribe uh, if you're not already and uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. It makes us cooler. And I like that. Now, back to the show. So where we left off, you were basically approaching um, the Violet Scepter with the intent to try to spur the workers to unionize. And I will leave it in your hands. What do you do? So we make our way to the like... Oh, Morthos asked if you're going to have code names oh, on the uh, way. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that happened after after recording, but uh, Frigus is still going by the mm-hmm. name that he has been going the entire time of Benjamin Key. Since Morthos isn't wearing a disguise, uh, it's tough because, like, does he shoot? I, I think just call him Mort. Mort? Morty? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Morty. Um, you know, Morty. Morty. <laughs> uh, and yeah, okay, so uh, we uh, make our way up to the uh, casino floor, um, and uh, Frigus is looking for like the a table that has like no uh, nobody at it, probably like a blackjack table, um, because you know there would be just be like the dealer, um. And hopefully no nobody else sitting because he went as early as or like at what what time he believes is gonna be the most dead, um, and and yeah he's looking for someone. The first requirement is that they're alone. Second requirement is that they if they look like a little bit unhappy, uh, that that is the second thing. So that's that's what he's looking for. Okay, go ahead and make a perception check. To see if you can spot out. Like, it's easy enough to see whose tables are empty, but who might look like they're having a bad day. Seven. Am I also looking, or... I assume that you formulated a plan together, and even though he told you he was going to take the lead, like, you can participate. So, yeah, sure, go ahead. Seventeen. Nice. You scan the crowd, um, Fergus, as you kind of walk in. There are only about three people in the place. Most of the smaller blackjack tables are open. Um, Both of the larger ones are open. Uh, There's one person at a smaller table, and there uh, are two people at the slot machines. Insofar as what staff members might look like they're having a bad day, um, it's kind of hard for you to, like, get a read on them while they're working, like they're counting cards and dealing and shuffling and doing things like that. And it's generally just, um, they all kind of have, like, from what you can tell, a similar expression when you're looking. Morthos, you catch one young, younger-looking human male, probably early 20s-ish, with sandy blonde hair and brown eyes. Uh, he's, he's gathering up the cards, and he's, like, stacking chips. And he there's just something about, um, like, he starts to shuffle, and he just looks frustrated with it. And he kind of like stacks the cards back together and puts them down and does like a lean over, like lean on his hand kind of thing, and is like just looking out, kind of generally at the at the casino floor. 
think I just kind of bump Fergus and kind of, you know, signal like that guy over there. Um, for Fergus, like looking, looking at where like Morthos is pointed, he kind of, is he now able to go like, yeah, this guy looks a little frustrated. Um, yeah, when you first took a look at him, it looked like he was maybe just like working and kind of had like maybe like a blank face. But as you started scanning around, um, you know, as you look back, he does look maybe not necessarily like openly disgruntled, but there is definitely something like so he has a look of somebody being like troubled or deep in thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's over here in the corner. And so... It's just the dealer there, or is there somebody else, an actual player at the table? Empty table. Okay, then, yeah, uh, we make our way over there mm-hmm. and sit down. Okay. So um, he's kind of, like, looking out across the casino, and as soon as you are close enough for him to kind of, like, hear you approaching with intent, he'll glance over, and when he sees you coming to, like, actually make a seat, then he'll he'll nod at both of you and say, Blackjack's your game? Uh. Frigus uh, nods and 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 uh, goes, uh, deal me in. So he'll card down for you, card down. Um, well, Mar- Morthos, he looks at you too. Do you indicate that you're wanting to play as well? Yeah, yeah, okay. just kind of nod. So both card up for you, both card up for you, and then they have the one down and the one up. Okay. Um, and he just looks up at you, um, Fergus, because you're the one to his left, so he's basically starting and is just like, you know, would you like another card kind of thing? Did you did you want us to roll for this stuff at all? I mean, it's going to be... Are you planning on actually sitting and gambling for a bit? Or, or are you kind of using this as a guise to, like, talk to him? I mean, yeah, it's a guise to talk to him. Obviously, it, I figure it'll probably be a few hands. This conversation will take place over a few hands. So I don't okay. know if you want to roll while we're doing Sure. That. Go ahead and roll. Um, we'll we'll stick with the D100 route just to, to make it easy and fast. Uh, I got a 43. I got a 22. Okay. So both of your cards are up. You didn't have, you have like middling numbers. Each of you were able to take one card and not bust. The dealer flips over, only had 11, uh, had to deal two cards to try to beat both of you and busted. So you both won. Uh, And this is like a, what did I say these tables were worth? Well, this time of day, they'd probably be less anyway. So... Um, we'll say they're like one gold tables, and so you get a gold and five silver pieces in addition to your original bet that you receive each time you win. As we're like dealing, uh, uh, Fergus uh, just kind of goes like, "So, uh, how's how's your day been?" To the dealer. Oh, it's just getting started. He kind of like he smiles, but it's obviously kind of one of those like cordial like a person you're talking to um like on a surface level sort of like customer service he smiles as he um he looks to you like starting to flip over another card and says another round uh for fergus nods he deals you both in and himself in go ahead and roll again morthos got a 57 uh fergus got a 65 okay he rolled a 49 so same kind of process um, you actually had a high enough hand that you were a little, you, you didn't want to take another card, Fergus. And when the next card was drawn, you knew that was the right decision because you would have busted. 
Morthos, you took one, and that was what you needed to beat the dealer well enough that they were unable to deal themselves up before busting as well. And you both win again. And there's like, go, go ahead and both of you make a perception check. Uh, 11. 19. There's obviously, when you both win two times in a row, um, he kind of is like, all right, and like scoops the cards back up. Like there's a little bit of like, not even frustration there necessarily, but there's obviously like some sort of negative emotion behind that, that he was trying to mask while kind of like sweeping the cards in and shuffling them back together. Frigus, Frigus uh, kind of goes like, um, you, you've been working here long? I'm only about a month in, actually. Mm. Is it that obvious? Oh no, you know, uh, I am. I'm not uh, a gambling man uh, too much. Just you know, I thought I'd come in here after work. Uh, just making you know conversation. After work, you work overnight. Oh yeah, I'm uh, over at the Frog and Firkin uh, restaurant biz. Um, Good cafe. Yeah. Um, I imagine it's not too dissimilar from, uh, what you do here, service industry. Yeah. I don't know, I've never worked in a kitchen myself. Um, I mean, Frog and Frickin's got all sorts of jobs, but yeah, I'm, I'm in the back for now. Um, and, and, uh, I guess, uh, Frigus goes, um, you, they, they, uh, pay you pretty well over here? Hmm. I mean, it's enough, I suppose. <laughs> and he kind of like nods and is like, another round? And, and he nods again. Okay, so he'll deal you all back in. Um, there's not necessarily like, it wasn't like he was trying to make you stop talking, but there was a little bit of like, yeah, the, the table stalled for a little bit, so he was seeing if he could get you to play again. So go ahead and roll. Uh, Frigus got a 12. Ortho's got a 27. Ooh. And the dealer received an 88. So you both had low hands. You had to accept a few cards. You were able to make it up to like a 17 and then were a little nervous, Morthos, and didn't take another card. Um, you busted Fergus and then the dealer was able to reach 19. So you both lost. Lost your one gold each. Um, he looks a little bit more pleased after that happens. Not like he feels like Haha, you lost and I got you, but more like almost like relieved in a way. Um how's the how's the job security around here? Oh, people come and go. I uh I guess it depends on the cards, huh? He deals another round. I th- I think with with that Fergus kind of like um furrows his brow kind of like you know, like kind of quizzical and and like Oh, upset kind of deal like why would that matter look on his face um, at, as he gets his new cards so you can you furrow your brow but you don't say anything uh not yet no okay and he uh Frigg's got 26 the other got a 44 Morthos got a 93 okay So dealer's able to beat you. You stopped before busting Fergus, but um, had a lower number than the dealer, but you, Morthos, 
Um, you probably you didn't have a, a you had a twenty, not a twenty-one. Okay. So you won, Fergus. You lost. Okay, Fergus. Uh, I think at that that point, um, uh, he goes, um, "What did you What did you mean about the cards?" Make a persuasion check. Uh, twelve. Can Can Morthos assist me? This is the reason I brought. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you? Um, how would you? <laughs> knowing that he's him. like probing for information, Morthos. How would you try to help? Um, sound persuasive. Like, how, what would you say or do to try to um, get in the on this person's good graces? Uh, I think I'd address Fergus. Um, I, okay, I'm gonna do a voice of Martha's doing a voice, and I hope it's oh it works. God. I love it. <laughs> Voiceception. This is Matt doing Morthos doing a voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same voice I was doing before, boss. <laughs> we're we're, we're blue collar guys, you know, union guys. Uh, I think he was making a joke, you know, Benny. <laughs> About the cards. I th- I think I think I think like Fergus kind of like like looks over at him again like uh, and 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 goes and then and then looks looks uh back at the uh, dealer and goes um oh what oh I didn't get, was that a joke go ahead and make another roll then for your advantage uh seventeen for the second one okay. Um, so he, he kind of like stops and looks at the two of you and he says, well, you know, sometimes you get a streak of bad luck and they want to make sure that you're not, uh, cheating for your friends. And they make sure how? I don't really know. He, he just kind of lets that, that, uh, sit for, for a second. Um, and he goes, um, Oh, sorry. I, I didn't quite, uh, catch your name. D- d- are they wearing name tags at all? Or, um, they are, but you could still ask. His name's Joseph. Uh, oh, uh, n- nice to meet you, uh, Joseph. Uh, Benjamin. Uh, Morty, and he, uh, as as he points to Morthos. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> nice to uh, nice to meet you both. Uh, another round. Mm, yeah. Dealer rolled a 75. 51 for Morthos. Uh, okay. So, Fergus rolled a 90. But I think after hearing that, uh, I think Fergus is going to throw it. Like, he's going to get whatever, and then he's he's going to ask to hit when he it's obvious he shouldn't. So you've got like 19 and you're like, oh, this is good. And then you ask for another card and he'll yeah, kind of like give you an eyebrow. And he's like, you sure? Um, uh, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, what do I care? Um, he flips next card over and it's a seven. Hmm. And yeah. What are you doing? That was my card. <laughs> what? <laughs> you took my card. I was going to get you at a 19. Why are you hitting on a 19? Uh, forget. I'm just doing full Boston now at this point. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Fergus looks over at uh, Morthos and just goes, "Just helping a friend, you know. He's, he's a fellow working man." 
and uh, look. Well, now we both lost. Uh, he looks up. and He's like, "We're helping our friend for, uh, Joseph here." Um, he goes, but I'm I'm sure you probably don't need. You, well, you they give you benefits here. You probably got like you know dental and stuff, right? What? <laughs> no, I don't have. I don't have dental. Bargain Fur can give you dental. Well, I mean that's you know a small restaurant, but here and he, he kind of like um kind of leans in a little bit. And he goes, you ever hear of uh, Elysium down Baldur's Gate? Can't say I have, no. Oh, it's this this nice casino they, they got uh, down there. I, I used to work there. Um, some of, uh, you know, some of the crew, uh, uh, you know, boss, boss wasn't too kind and, I mean, paid us for shit. And uh, eventually, a few of us got together, and we demanded, you know, medical, dental, uh, guaranteed raises, and stuff. And you know, obviously, they they weren't having it. But uh, we walked, we went outside and uh, striked, and eventually they caved. And uh, now everybody at Elysium's uh, got the nicest teeth you ever did see. And uh, <laughs> I love this storyline. Make a deception check. <laughs> Morthos, are you planning on helping him with the story? Yeah. What do you say? Or what do you do? Uh, they, they must pay you well here, right, Joe? Joseph, can I call you Joe? Okay, go ahead and make it with advantage. Uh, oh, yep. I was like, I got a 19 on the first one, and the second one is a 10. I feel okay. I feel I feel like it should be like Morthos rolling as well would help, but um, no, no, no. It's he's using the help ac- action to give you advantage. Yeah, he's got he's got the higher roll, like he's got a higher deal to it, but it's fine. But you did say to let you take point. Yeah. So, well, my my hope was that like he could still talk, but at the same point, deferring to like you're the boss. But oh, I see, I see. But yeah, this this works. Okay. Uh, yeah, nineteen and ten was my rolls. So he looks um, almost like he doesn't believe you at first, and then he thinks about it, and he kind of like looks around, like, um, like not shifty eyed, but like kind of like glances around, and then says, "That really work? They didn't just hire someone else to do it instead." Um, Fergus kind of like sees that he sounds a little interesting. He looks around and goes. Yeah, I mean, if one of you quits, that's not going to work. But if all of you get organized and walk out at the same time, maybe, you know, during a time when they really need workers and like what that uh, that big tournament they got coming up, they'll they'll have to give you whatever you want to so they can keep this place running. Is that something you'd be interested in? Nah, he's not interested. <laughs> what? I was gonna support. <laughs> Are you working together? Like I'm, I'm with Joseph. Well, no, you're giving him the. You're like selling him, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, he's not interested. He he gets paid well here. You know, look at this place. They don't. They're not working for tips. Okay, so you're making it sound like they should be getting more than they. But he's yeah, yeah. he's get he's underpaid right yeah, now. Okay. He's yeah. He kind of he kind of like looks from one of you to the other one, and he's like, "You get tips." Oh, I'm, they're they're not giving you your tips. Oh, Elysium. I mean, al- along with the like, I don't know what's like a a good amount of gold 
to to get like if so uh, um like a a skilled craftsman uh i think earns like two gold a week um so somebody who works in like the service industry would probably be depending upon what they do like probably slightly less than that to about that to maybe slightly more it just depends on like how upscale the place is how um like how skilled they are at what they do etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, but that would be like that would be nice living would be like right. two gold a week um okay so with that's why the- adventurers ruin the economy everywhere yeah. they go <laughs> so with 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 that uh knowledge uh frigus frigus is gonna go like yeah god uh it's been a it's been a minute but we're pulling down it looks over at at more of those i was like we got like a gold gold a night for uh wages and then tips on top of that you know a, a good a good uh, night uh you know some drunk gamblers uh uh a party going on god you you come back with like 10 gold 10 gold yeah. i mean i'm not going to promise you that every night but yeah, i mean with a good u- union backing you they you you're going to be living fine this pulled me in today to tell me that i lose too much <laughs> Um, for Fergus kind of look looks at uh Joseph and he goes, "Tell you what," and he he uh pulls out his uh card, and like, as 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 they uh go to like grab the other cards, um, he like sets his business card down, and goes, "Why don't you quietly talk to some here?" co-workers and see if you know they'd be interested in a little finer living a little bit better pay maybe you know some nicer teeth and uh if uh that sounds good i'm kind of uh got the same you know talking to some people over at the frog and firkin see if they're you know on in that's why i'm over there kind of you know working a couple of jobs in town and uh you you uh you get some people meet me uh over at the Frog and Furkle, ask for uh Benjamin and uh we'll see what we can do. Not gonna get anyone from the kitchen or any of the guards here, but the tables. Maybe. I mean, hey, you you talk you talk to who you can talk to, because, I mean, it wasn't just the uh people at the tables who were pulling good gold and I mean Look, I'm sure. I'm sure. And he like looks up at the guards and and goes like, "I'm sure they probably aren't uh, feeling that secure about their jobs every day." And I'll tell you, it wasn't just the people at the tables who were uh, seeing an increase in living after uh, after we had our little uh, walkout. He kind of is like nodding as you're talking, and he's like swipes up the cards and like um like folds the paper like the little card and like kind of like slides it down his sleeve as he's like picking up the cards um and shuffling them actually what is your what are either what are both of your passive perceptions uh my passive is that's insane uh 12 is my passive okay 10 is mine Okay, so actually he sweeps up the cards and you know that you have set the business card on there. And after he sweeps up the cards and like stacks the cards back together, you don't see where it has gone, but it's gone. 
mm. is disappeared. Um, both of you. And um, he's kind of like nodding along. He kind of like shuffles a few times and he's like, if we were to come and talk, just talk. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when, would we, when would we do it? I mean, well, as we said, you know that a big tournament would be a excellent time to negotiate with the upper management. So, I don't know, you know, a week before then, may talk to your people, uh, talk to your coworkers, see who'd be interested, come see me, and we'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the 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 next step is. I will, you know, I will handle the negotiations. I just need to make sure, you know, the people of this uh, find the workers here. Uh, want want to be treated well. And isn't that right? And he he kind of like looks over at uh, Morthos to kind of just be like you know in agreement. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the accent now. So Boston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What yeah. he said. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I was thinking I was getting like too Jersey with it, and then I was like, how do I get back to? This? The best thing is, Daverne's not real, so it can be whatever you want, and it can modulate yeah. however you like. <laughs> I'm bad at accents, so I say that's fine. <laughs> um, but he 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 kind of like nods thoughtfully and like looks around. He starts like he starts to look maybe a little nervous, and he's like, "You gonna you gonna play anymore? Or you done for the day?" At that point, um, Fergus, uh, let's see. I'm actually one, two, lost three. Uh, so at that point, uh, Fergus um, goes, you know what? Uh, I I feel like, uh, you know, we got some planning to do. Uh, but uh, you have a good night. And uh, he takes two pieces of gold and uh, sets it sets it on the, the table and goes, something to look forward to. And and uh, he he uh, gestures for uh, Morthos to follow him out. Okay, he he scoops that up and kind of like nods as you're both leaving. Start shuffling cards again as you walk away. He seemed intrigued. He seemed very nervous, um, but definitely intrigued. Okay. So yeah, that was, and then we leave and go back to the suite. Okay. All right, so the next thing that would come up um, in the timeline would be about five, six days later, and that's when Cookie feels confident with the information that she's gathered to touch base with Fergus. Anyone else doing anything in particular at any point within those couple of days? Uh, I think Morthos is just like regularly going to maybe the same place to get food. Okay. Like, he's, you know, just going somewhere, sitting down, having a... A little meal. Yeah, I do. Uh, when I had talked to Cookie last, I did say like if anybody sounded like they, you know, seemed unhappy with their job, to maybe like encourage that kind of deal. So, hopefully, hopefully, Cookie has, if she has heard any um, rubble rousing about people being unhappy, she has encouraged that. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Mm, yeah, I for- I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, it hadn't happened yet, I guess, technically. No, well, well yeah. it had, but like, but you, when I had you roll before, it hadn't happened. Yeah. If that makes sense. I mm-hmm. had the conversation, but we hadn't talked to them about unionizing. But yeah, yeah the timeline's a little fluid. 
Yeah. So go ahead and make a couple of uh, make one perception check and one insight check. Quickie, just for general like information gathering during this time. Um, Morthos, did you are you saying you want to go to the same place like you're going to go to the Frog and Fur and eat every night, or you're going to find like your own little cafe somewhere kind of near the the inn we're at now, the Golden Harp? Is that what it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere somewhere near there. Uh, but just like that, he's made a pattern of going there in case anyone took notice of that or anything. Okay. And maybe he's spending spending some of his money that way too. Okay. Perception is. Seven, and insight is twenty-two. Okay, so over the course of the week, while you're um, like really trying to gather information about like the guard schedules and kind of like touching base with Rico a couple of more times to see, just to, just to chat and see what you can find out, um, like clandestinely. Um, there's nothing in the kitchen directly, and Rico doesn't say anything, but there are a couple of times when you're walking through the floor of the casino, and it seems like a couple of the um, like card tables, the, the people are kind of like leaning over and whispering to each other, and when you walk by, um, they like kind of like shift back to their own tables and deal and you see a couple of people like talking in the corner at one point like when it's not busy and they can get away there's like chatting going on and there's a there's a point where there are two people standing um like uh if you look at the map it's like the corner of this is this is a stairwell that kind of like goes from the bottom and curves up and comes around the top so there's a banister right here and there are two of the dealers that are uh the dealers the card dealers who are um, standing here and having uh, like a chat. And they're quiet at first as you're walking past. One of the times you're going to go up to talk to Rico. But when they think that you're out of earshot, they start talking again. And one of them says something about, yeah, well, this guy says he can help. You know, he says over in Boulder's Gate, they got to keep their tips. Um, And that's like, the other one's like, shh, shh, shh. And they, they talk more quietly after that. But you catch just enough of the conversation to know that, Somebody said something about like, you know, there's some guy giving them information that they could be doing better, basically, mm-hmm. financially. So you do catch that. Okay. So I guess at this point, um, Cookie would just go to the Frog and Firkin and meet so, with Fergus. Oh, okay, <laughs> so you're not going to talk to anybody? Well, she already did the, like... Well, no, I'm saying, like, knowing that they're unhappy, she's not going to, like, say anything to them. I guess that's up to you. With the people at the tables, I don't feel like she would because she doesn't... They don't know her. They don't interact with her. So it's like, why would they really... Yeah, I've talked to her. After you've been there for a while, there is kind of, like... There's a distinct separation between the people who work, like, in the cafe people who are working the tables and like the guards and it's not like it's it's not like anyone hates each other but it's a, it's like clickish almost and part of that you can gather easily over time is that the people who are paid the least are definitely the people at the tables um and there's a lot more turnover in those positions too in fact you see like two people come and go over the course of the time that you're there just as you're walking through, because you're paying attention, so you notice things like that. Like other people in the mm-hmm. kitchen might not have any idea that that's going on, but because you're actively like 
gathering information. It's something that you notice that there are two people who just like stop showing up one day and there are two new people that come in at some point afterwards. So you totally could go up and talk to them, but there is a little bit of like a, you feel like um, they, they might not like talk to you about it because there's that, that kind of like striation amongst the different like labor groups, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I think she would just yeah go to Fergus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Fergus right. yells at her. Ah, why you? Yeah. And then she probably go. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this. This is really hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's you all you the two of you have this arrangement established, so it's easy enough for you to show up and let them know that you're looking for your friend like you did last time. Mm-hmm. One of the servers kind of like pops their head in the back, Fergus, uh, Fergus and says, "Hey, Benjamin, your uh, your lady friend's here." And uh, Fergus kind of like goes uh, as as she says, "Lady friend," and then and he like sticks his head out and sees Cookie, and he's like, "Oh." And then he, he he comes down and sits where she is. So I've learned a bit more information about the guards. There's a lot of them. <laughs> um, do you know? How, <laughs> do you know how many? Um, in general, just on the casino floor, if it's just like nothing's really going on and it's kind of a slow day. They have about three to five and during like big busy times um, there's going to be about um, eight to ten just on the casino floor and on the just on the entrance there's always two at the front door and like two in the lobby and um, if it's a downtime there's only one like in the main little lobby area and then there's actually one um, person that really sticks out to me. Um, they're way at the very end of the hallway, at the main hallway as you walk in. And they're like this really big and armored, like they're wearing a helmet and everything. And they are there all the time. I haven't seen them leave or like switch out with another person. It's just, it's very odd and they're not not very approachable and I don't really see people talking to them so it just seems like there's they're there for a reason but I don't know why did you did you try giving him a cookie no he scares me <laughs> and, and just kind I don't of have bear with me looks- she's my courage oh. <laughs> <laughs> um and and he goes okay yeah uh, do you did you catch anybody's name or do you know like where people are st- stationed um well there's basically like um i don't know three different subgroups of guards like there's what the ones that um, kind of just roam around and kind of, kind of just watch everything. And then there's the first floor guys, you know, at that main door where that big scary person is. And then there's a s- little bit of a smaller group that are specifically just for like the collection area. I talked to uh, Bella and Morthos. Uh, they managed to get 
into the collection a little bit. Oh, good. Um, I guess there was a guy there to detect for illusion magic. Have you, mm. as your friends mentioned, someone like that? No. No, okay. I haven't heard any of that. Keep, keep an eye out for someone who looks like a guard, but not like a guard. Someone, okay. someone more than someone to punch people. Um, okay. I mean, there's like the different managers and stuff that walk around. They kind of do. Mor- Morthos lumped him in with the guards, so oh, not a okay. not a manager. Oh. So some, somebody like that. Um, and he goes, uh, well, I managed to get over there to talk to some people about unionizing. Um, mm-hmm. Have you heard anything about, you know, any talk? Um, not really in the kitchen area or um, Rico hasn't said anything. Um, but there was this time where I walked by some table um, employees, you know, on the casino floor. And they said something about a guy trying to help them and that like Boulder's Gate, like they get to keep their tips there or something. So something's going on. Yeah, that was that was me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. um. Well, they definitely seem really interested in that. Um, while I've been there, it there definitely is kind of like a divide between like the guards and the kitchen and the casino workers. Um, the let's just say the casino workers they they don't stick around for very long. Um, it, I've already seen like a few come in and out in just a couple of weeks that I've been there. And so it seems like something's going down with them that isn't keeping them around. I mean, that's fine. I was hoping that this was going to get some guards out of the way. So if you, maybe next time you're talking to some guards, maybe just mention that, you know, you've seen some other casinos that maybe paid a little bit better that maybe ran a little bit differently um maybe you know they'll hear some talk as well that they might want to join in on okay you know yeah i know the um i he rico he hasn't said anything specifically but i i know i kind of told you this last time too is that they're just kind of they're there to work and to do the job and that's kind of how it is. So, well, I don't know. It just, I, I, as I can say, uh, more money is never a bad thing, and I'm sure your friends probably gonna agree. So, yeah, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he's there for the job. But if it paid a little bit better, I'm yeah. sure he'd be happy. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and um, plant a seed for that. Subtly. Yeah. Friggish just kind of goes, Pear misses you. Oh, <laughs> Did you scratch her under the chin like I, like I asked? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, I gotta get back and, and heads back to the kitchen. Okay. See you later, Benjamin. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so if there's nothing over the next like day or two, then um, Bella, what are you spending your downtime doing? It could literally be nothing but like going and grabbing like meals every once in a while. Like where would just where are you at generally throughout the day? Um, honestly, depending on how many people are around, it sounds like everybody else is out except for Bear, right? Yeah, Mortha seems to be going out and taking meals fairly often. Fergus, of course, has like his part-time gig to go to at night. Cookie's gone. Um, Bear's the only one that's generally hanging around except when they're going out to, to do like races and stuff. Um, I guess I would mostly be like hanging out trying to keep or occasionally keeping bear company um and also like just chilling waiting okay. for further direction from Fergus or uh connection for or uh contact from the lark perfect so um a couple days after the um like cookie catching up with Fergus I don't know how much you might fill them in on Fergus but um, I, I'm not. I'm not sure how much is worth sharing. I I think he'll probably just be like, Cookie says there's like about ten guards on. You know, probably share that much. I don't think anything else is okay. So you know that they've had a chance to talk a couple of days after that. Um, similar to kind of like your note under the door. Um, there's a point about midday where a piece of paper is slid under the door. And you and Bear are um, the only ones there and awake at the time. I'm going to go ahead and pick that up. Okay. Um, The note is almost like a series of haikus. Um, One's about a bird and like it going out in the morning and catching a worm early. And then the other one is like a second mouse gets the cheese kind of uh, like story. But you can read the the thieves can't through it. And um, it's contact back. Essentially, they've taken some time to look into it and they have heard of keys that are like interdimensional almost in a way. Um, It's a very sophisticated like locking mechanism that uh, was developed by a particular um, dwarven like locksmiths for high for big spenders, basically, um, to protect their their assets. It sounds like that not only what Friend was using uh, was that, but the description that you gave them of the scepter made them suspiciously curious that there's something similar going on with that. Mm. And did you tell them about the wall too? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Um, And they seem to be of the mind that there might be some sort of like secret, like, like back room kind of thing, like mm-hmm. that might be another entrance to an un to, to another room. You know, it's it's hard to say what might be back there, but what you noticed sounds along those lines. Um, they also mentioned that they have decided uh, in one of the rooms there is an item that is a uh, it's essentially like a skeleton key called the locksmith's bane and it moves it is a key that does move but instead of being this sort of like interdimensional key 
It simply is a key that can contort itself to fit any lock and unlock it. So a particular note to your associates. And that is the item that they request in return for the information and the assistance that they've provided. All right. It's a keyblade. The purple scepter, the violet scepter is a keyblade. <laughs> okay. I know that the keyblade is something from. Oh, no. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts, Heart. but I've never played yeah. that, so I don't know. It, the keyblade's oh, like, basically, it's the weapon that he uses against the enemies, but also there's like doorways between the different Disney worlds. And he has to like point it at the door or point it at like a giant keyhole to enter or exit. So it's a weapon that is a, you know, interdimensional uh, like key. So I accidentally made the keyblade. Yeah, it's, cool. it's, yeah, it's a keyblade scepter. Awesome. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't intentional. I've never played that game. But that's what it's sounding like increasingly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Oh, did she get the guard uniforms? Yeah, she hasn't mentioned those. I don't oh. know if she re- remembered. Would you have sent a separate letter or slipped in a separate letter under the door at some point about the guards' uniforms, or were you waiting to hear back before you asked anything else? I was waiting to hear back before I asked anything else. Okay. The letter was just slipped under your door. So presumably either um, Lilia or you know, the Lark or somebody else is um, close by. Well... I guess I'm going to seek them out. Okay. Where do you go? I would go down to the lobby. Okay. So you gather yourself and you head out? (laughs) Yeah, yep. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. So you make your way through the the hallway and you head down to the lobby. There doesn't seem to be anyone around except the person at the front desk, just like at the second. But it did take you, you know, you had to read the thing. So if somebody just dropped it off, they might have already gotten out of here by now. Right. I will go out and about and look for a place of like commerce, like a marketplace or something where there's going to be a lot of people. Okay. And... Just as I'm walking around and, like, window shopping and stuff, I'm going to be making, like, those subtle signals to see if anybody from the Thieves Guild uh, picks up on my my actions. Okay. Go ahead and make um, either a perception or an investigation because you know what you're doing. You're more keeping an eye on things around you to see if anyone else is taking note of what you're doing. So this mm-hmm. is about you seeing if you can, if you if you notice anyone picking up on what you're doing. All right. I rolled a 15 on perception. Okay. So, um, so you make your way through kind of like one of the market squares. And there are some established buildings. And then there are some almost like, like carts that obviously are either locked up or taken away. Kind of like at the end of the market day. Where this is like. There's the establishments that are in buildings, and then there are the, like, um, like not transient. That's not the sort of word, word that I'm looking for. But the sort of people who, like, sh- set up shop in the morning and then have to take their wares away at the evening. Like, they buy a space, um, but not a building. Um, so you make your way through and, and have a couple of, like, small talky conversations. 
And there's a point where in, when you're in the area with the sort of like carts that must come in at the beginning of the day and like have like rent a spot where they can like busk or sell their things. Um, you're having a conversation with um, somebody selling like simple little like jewelry items, but it's almost like more like costume jewelry. Like um, they're not expensive and they look nice, but they're clearly not made out of like the finest materials. Mm. And as you're signaling, um, this person, they they kind of almost like slide in quietly, um, like they're looking at their wares as well. And as you finish the last signal, um, this person says, oh, I see you're an admirer of certain items. And there's like this, uh, they're recognizing that this isn't like nice stuff um, <laughs> to it. And when you when you look at them, they have this. Um, they've got kind of like not super short hair, but kind of like closely cropped. Uh, it's like light brownish, medium brown, maybe. Um, they have these really piercing blue eyes, though, and that's kind of like a striking thing that you notice about them. Um. All right. In code. I'm going to ask for their name. Okay. I'm not going to ask anything that's like going to out me as a Thieves Guild member or anything. I'm just going to see if they speak Thieves Can't. Gotcha. So in return, um, the response you get is essentially like, let's take a walk. Cool. Okay. We're doing it. Um, So this person, they kind of like, they kind of gesture with... um, with one hand, like, as if to say, like, you go first. All right. And they're not, like, they're gonna, they're not gonna, like, follow you, but they're kind of more like, here, let's go this way, and when you start going, they'll match pace with you. Okay. Um, and as you get a few paces away, they say, oh, fancy meeting someone of our uh, persuasion out in the open like this. Wait a sec! <laughs> you don't know that. I know. <laughs> The piercing blue eyes really yeah. <laughs> tipped it off. Adoro. <laughs> cool. So I did not attract a person of the Thieves Guild. I just attracted a just... No, they definitely... it. They knew the code and they knew the cant. Okay. So, so I feel confident that they're a part of the Thieves Guild. Yeah, it would be pretty remarkable given that the signals um, change over time and that the cant is something that's like closely guarded by the guild... Uh, and sometimes is modified when it seems like maybe some of it is being like cracked by guard or something like that. Mm. Um, it would be pretty tough for this person to have picked up on it or an, and to have been able to respond to, to respond to you in a way that made you feel comfortable if they weren't part. Okay. Cool. So I, they the last thing that they said was basically to the effect of. Fancy seeing another thief, right? Yeah, it was kind of like, I saw you signaling um, what's up. Kind of like fancy meeting gotcha. someone of our persuasion out in the open like this. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> maybe I should not have played a rogue. I just feel like I'm not tactful enough oh, with my perfect. real mouth. <laughs> I think it went really well. You, get, you got what you were looking great. for. <laughs> Thanks, just guys. Like, I know I'm not supposed to talk to this guy, and I don't know what to do now. 
But Bella yeah. doesn't know. Yeah, Bella this doesn't know. As far as Bella knows, this is this is uh, as long as you guys don't yeah. walk by me sitting at a cafe. This is your buddy. <laughs> I just uh, so okay. So I'm speaking to a person from the Thieves Guild, and I'm basically going to um, I'm going to ask them if there's a way that I can ask the Thieves Guild for guard uniforms. Right, that's what Fergus wants from me next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. City watch uniforms, not like guard, like not uniforms from the purple scepter. Like people from city watch. Got it. Mm -hmm. I'm it. I am a person of this persuasion and I need city guard uniforms. (laughs) That's what I'm asking for. That's what you're asking. Okay. Yep. Um, So uh, after, after the initial kind of like fancy meeting you here sort of thing, um, they do introduce themselves. They call themselves the. Um, oh gosh, I have this written down. Hold on, sorry, one second. But what is their favorite dessert? <laughs> <laughs> when, when thieves are talking in thieves can't, does it just sound like cool, like <laughs> bebop poetry? Talk? Have you seen um what it was oceans. 12 or 13 i think it was 12 where i haven't seen those there was there was a scene in oceans 12 where like three of the gang go to meet with like a mob boss and they're just like ah quite the summer's day and and they're like yeah like and my frog is feeling quite unwell and stuff and then like i remember the new guy that to the crew that they were training like they brought him along and he he was feeling left out of the conversation because he didn't know what was going on he was just like yeah and the uh this fall is going to be quite nice and and they're like no you don't say that you just insulted his mother (laughs) yeah it was just silence and then yeah i i feel like that that's thieves can't where you're just kind of saying words but it like they don't mean what you think they mean it's a code they're speaking common and to anyone else, it sounds like they're just having a conversation. Maybe it's a little weird at times. Okay, but... yeah. I guess that's what I was going to, like, back at that market stall. It's yeah. like they're just kind of speaking gibberish to each other, right? And Not even gibberish. Away. Like, um, like um, they could have said something like, you know, the sun's high in the sky. Ah, oh, yes, and the air is fresh. Um, you know, may the, may the path on which you walk be fortuitous. But what they're saying is like, oh, it's time we should go for a walk or whatever. Like, right. um, it, it sounds like it can sound a little like out of place, like, oh, and my frog is going to be sick or whatever. But it's not it's not like a different language or gibberish. It's it's like an intentional code where they're signaling things. So instead of communicating in actual words, it's like concepts yeah. based on yeah. what they're saying. And the way I see of it, it, see it in writing is similar. Like there's like stories or poems or whatever but there's like per- like purposeful misspellings and there's like punctuation in weird places and it clues right. you into what like letters you're supposed to pick out to find the message so mm-hmm. it's kind of like speaking in code out loud yep um so they introduce themselves as uh, the vessel the vessel yes and um <laughs> it's a it's a nuclear vessel <laughs> Whistle. Whistle. <laughs> uh, that is something that might be quite tricky. Uh, I think I could procure uh, a few, maybe slightly old. You could patch it up a bit, but it would be passable without too close an inspection. I uh, 
tend to acquire and find people to acquire things, if you catch my meaning. Their offense. Right. Ooh, mm-hmm. that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, what's your price? Two slightly outdated guard uniforms. 15 gold. Done. All right. Um, should I meet you or will you meet me? I guess I don't want to insult you, but I'm not sure when to approach you again. Should we pick a time and I will find you? That's well. I won't take more than two days. Okay. Shall we meet back here? That sounds agreeable. Around the same time, I will have a package. Wonderful. Thank you very much. (laughs) I shall see you in the day. And they, like, make a small bow and exit. Kind of disappear into the crowd as they start to walk away. Urban camouflage style. Perfect. I'll meander about, not go straight from the marketplace to the hotel. Okay. I basically make it a habit to never interact with someone from the Thieves Guild and then go directly back to my place. I always yeah, make it hard to kind track of thing. me. Yeah. yeah, smart. Smart, smart. Okay. So you're confident that it's not going to take more than two days. You do kind of feel like you got off, um, like that should be more expensive than it was and it was cheaper than it should be, but it's probably because you're from the Guild. That they're basically giving you like a the guilt price kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anyone have any plans over the course of the next two days? Nope. No, I guess um, the yeah. only other thing is maybe just Cookie planting the seed into Rico to mm. that. <laughs> oh my <Crazy>. gosh! <laughs> wow, more than work friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> is there any is there a, a point during all this I think actually there would have been a point during all this where Bear would have been alone for a bit too um, and basically anytime you're left alone Bear um, Lilia shows up shortly thereafter with a little bit of like food for you and just like disappears before somebody comes back again we're best pals cookie who <laughs> oh. <laughs> You broke Aaron's heart with that. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And we all go. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, Sure. Then, yeah. Why don't we go ahead and do that then? Um, So what was your plan then, Cookie? Um, I guess it would probably be. I could see her trying to do that like the day after she had the conversation with Fergus to try and just like. She's like, I need to do this. <laughs> you know, like her anxious mind is saying, like, you got to do it as soon as possible. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. I like how I like how Cookie also has anxiety. I It's on her character sheet. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes, oh, <okay>. it is. <laughs> so the next day, I don't know. I could see her maybe like mid shift. If there's downtime, like she's just kind of like taking a walk around and then maybe just kind of pop in and say, hey, you know, to Rico. Okay. And the idea was to, well, I'll let you tell me what you say. Sure. 
so yeah, he's he's got a pretty standard shift. You know, it's like roughly similar to yours. He might come mm-hmm. in like an hour or two earlier or later uh, any given day, but mid shift should be a time that he's there. So you see him standing up there, um, mm-hmm. guarding the same door as always. Mm-hmm. Easy enough to approach. Yeah, I. Th- she's gonna um, walk up to him, and she's not gonna be as peppy as she usually is. Okay, and just is kind of like, hey, Rico. You okay? Yeah, well, you know, it's like I know I haven't been here very long, but it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm just being a bit, I don't know, like too needy or whatever, but I just feel like People say they love like my skills and everything and they're that I'm great and all, but it's like I don't know, I just feel like I don't I'm not getting paid enough, to be honest. It's like I kinda travel around and work at different places and stuff and you know, so I'm only here for a temporary amount of time, but so I don't expect like a ton of stuff, but it's like I've been to this to in air quotes, like lower tiered places. Mm-hmm. And they have pay that's like competitive to what it is here. And this place is like way fancier. And I'm just kind of like, the only reason why I'm really kind of sticking around is that I know I'm going to be out of here in like, I don't know, a couple weeks or so. And so, you know, I'll just move on to the next place. But it's like, <laughs> you guys are here all the time dealing with this. You know, I've never worked at another uh, casino. Done some guard work here and there. They not pay well in the kitchen, or? I mean, as far as like, since you know, I'm kind of higher up in the kitchen. It's fine, but like, could be better. Yeah, and you know what I heard is that there's this place in Boulder's Gate where they. Their table people, you know, the table employees, they get tips so they can get like 10 gold a night. And that's just the table people. Can you imagine like a person in your position would get? Since, you know, you're like, since you're security and stuff. Yeah, I will say boss pays us pretty well. He knows that uh, you got to keep the people that keep your goods safe happy. Oh, good. Of course, I thought definitely don't make ten gold a night. Yeah, that's just kind of what I'm hearing about. Make a persuasion check. Okay. Roll high, baby. Yeah. Twenty three for persuasion. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey guys! You want. Hey guys! This heist is over. We fucking <laughs> we got we're done. Roll roll in no guards. Let's just fucking security is on our side. <laughs> so over the course of the conversation, he goes from feeling like, well, hey, they pay us pretty well. Like we're you know, boss boss knows to keep the people keeping his good, safe, happy kind of thing. And the more you kind of talk about it and give him like little details and stuff, yeah, you can just kind of see the like the wheels turning. And and you know, like he said before, like hey, it's a job. I'm here, you know, I'm going to do my job well, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, you just need the money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like there, there's definitely like some wheel turning there. Um, and it was pretty quick turnaround once you started to give him a few of the like details that you mentioned, 
where he went kind of from like, eh, yeah, but you know, you know, we up here, we're we're good, we're sitting pretty, and then you give him the dollar amounts or the the gold amounts, mm-hmm. and um, and there is a little bit of like disgruntledment there. Um, he's not like actively like showing it too too much, but you can you you've talked to him enough that you at this point can read him pretty well, mm-hmm. um, and you can see that there's like there's definitely like some thought going on back there. Yeah, and I can see her saying, you know, like it sounds like there's a a person that the the table employees have been talking to to maybe help them with this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know who it is, um, because the 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 kitchen staff they don't really talk about these kind of things, so I don't know. It's just I just stuff that I'm hearing around, hearing you know, kind of going around, and it's just kind of making me think about it but i don't know maybe i'm just having one of those days you know i don't know you're like the nicest person i've ever met so <laughs> well, thanks i don't think you're i don't think you can have one of those days i mean maybe i don't know you that well but <laughs> yeah who, who helps with something like that like the guards uh i think it's something called like a union oh, Is that not allowed? Well, last time somebody started talking about that, it didn't go well. Let's just say that. Ooh, so it's been talked about before. Yeah, before my time. I heard stories. Hmm. Oh, so maybe I'm not overreacting then. <laughs> maybe not. Hmm. How do they know what they're going to do to help? They're going to march in here and demand things from people they don't know? I don't really know the details, but it just seems like they're going to do something. Hmm. Listen, don't go saying that to too many people. No, no, no. Okay. They're going to think you're one of them, and they're going to let you go. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I won't. Not that it's a bad thing, but that's what happens. Oh. Well, hmm. thanks for having my back. Yeah, well, you're nice. You make me good <laughs> pudding. I'll make you another one. <laughs> yeah. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy your silence with big <laughs> He looks quite excited at the prospect. <laughs> well, I better get back down and see how they're doing in the kitchen. So I just wanted to come out and stretch my legs a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Don't stay cooped up. Take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Yeah, you too. He, he definitely looks like contemplative as you walk away. There we go. All right. Wait, I mean, I'm going to roll a couple things, actually. With that in mind now. Uh-oh. Okay. And then Cookie gets fired. <laughs> I'm worried Cookie tipped off the guards now, and now, right? Like, how tempting is it to keep your mouth shut versus keep your job? Or yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, Cookie gets fired, but she was really just there to gather information, which is done. Yeah. yeah. Um, she just might be a little sad personally, is all. Yeah. yeah. Just if they, <laughs> never been if fired extra before. prepared. Yeah. Now. yeah. <laughs> see, see, the deal with this was that, like, if the workers, if, like, you know, it gets fi- found out that, oh, someone's trying to unionize, they're not going to go, ah, yes, this is a ploy to rob us. <laughs> they're just going to go, hey, you know, we need to do something about this unionization. If anything, like, it'll, you know, turn workers against each other and 
make it easier for us to slip in and be like, hey, you guys seem upset with each other. We're going to steal your shit now. Bye. Yeah. You never know. I mean, like, maybe it'll tip them off. Yeah. Maybe it'll start some conversation amongst the people who seem to be, like, the most well-paid in the place. You know who does know? Katie. Hmm. <laughs> who does know? This girl. <laughs> right here. This purple hair right here. This one knows. Oh. Um, so, uh, unless anyone has anything to do over the next couple of days, then... Bella will have her opportunity to go meet back up with the vessel. I just want to throw in, I think Morthos has figured out that there's like no food at the, yeah, you know, like he's going out to eat. So he's realizing that like he's going to start bringing leftovers back for Bear. Because yeah. he's like, Bear's just there, stuck there, no food. No, I mean, Fer- Fergus has been feeding uh, Bear regularly. Like he's always bringing food. Does back. Morthos know that? Yeah, I don't know that we're communicating with each other necessarily. How much we're I think feeding Bear's Bear? Just getting fed. Yeah, if yeah. I think Bear acts like she's not being fed by anyone. But Bear has just been getting <laughs> fucking huge. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> if if it wasn't for like the daily runs, like she would be like half the room. <laughs> so so funny story. Gracie, our cat, um, was scamming us for food. For like three months she kept gaining weight we weren't sure why um and 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 even went and got her like this because she she makes sure she has some wet food every day to like keep everything going right um and she even went and got her like a like a weight control wet food because mm. she was just gaining a lot of weight and we found out the hard way that, that what this hussy was doing was waking one of us up at like 4 a.m to refill the dry food letting that one go back to bed eating most of it and then waking the other one of us up at like six to refill it like, oh, boo, I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten all night. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. And one time she, she, I caught her because I gave her wet food one day and, um, and was giving her some more. And I was like, oh, I thought, I swore I gave her some today. And she was like, well, I don't know. It was empty down here. So I thought it was from yesterday. And I was like, huh. Me being the forgetful person I am, I was like, I probably, I was probably like yesterday and I just don't know the difference between yesterday and today. That's not all that uncommon. And then it was the next morning. I was actually still awake. That's how I figured out that she had come bothered me for food. And I was like laying down on the couch out in the living room and I heard her go in and like make a fuss at Anne. And I heard Anne come like quietly out like sleepily starting to pour food and i'm like are you giving her food she was like yeah and i was like i just gave her food like two hours ago and that was how we figured out that she had been skimming us for extra meals and i was like hilarious wow (laughs) what a smart cat oh my gosh it was hilarious oh that is so funny oh my god that's great yeah that's our great so bear's being gracie right now (laughs) (laughs) if i would have if you guys would be around when Fergus gets off work, I imagine Fergus would always like, you know, he comes from a restaurant. He would he would grab some food on his, you know, way out to bring to bear at the end of the day. So if you saw that, if you were around at when Fergus gets off work, you would very much see that food. Uh, you guys wouldn't know that like he gives them, you know, they're they're racing him for food in the morning, but mm-hmm. um, so that doesn't mean you can't bring yeah, I mean, her scraps can... as well, Morthos. Okay. You can do whatever you want, <laughs> but you know Bear's that she's not being like now. starved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Morthos has started bringing you scraps, Bear. And then, and then none of us know about the secret meals. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love it. I'm storing up. 
You're you're just, just in like, case. Yeah, you're carb loading for the big day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been working out extra too. Mm-hmm. All gains. You yeah. Know? Three Z's gains. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it works, right? Like thick with three C's, and then there's gains with three yeah. C's. Mm-hmm. Yes. A- okay. Adding Sounds mass. wonderful. Okay. So uh, a couple days pass. <clears throat> you know, it's time to go meet the vessel for um, these potential uniforms. Uh, you make your way there, I assume. Okay, um, they're standing. Can I ask? Um, can I ask a question? And I don't need to know. You can. You cannot answer. Okay. But it. Well, I, this is for Belladonna because it seems like everyone in the Thieves Guild has a code name. Does Belladonna? You're just metagaming, <laughs> Bryce to Darian. I'm just curious. It's just a mystery. That's and fine. Curious. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Belladonna has a code name. Okay. <laughs> it's it's not metagaming because Fergus wouldn't know this. Bryce would just know this. That I mean, that's the definition of metagaming. No, it's it's meta if you act on it. Yeah, it would be metagaming if I use out of character knowledge for my oh, uh, sure. for my character. My my I I try and make clear what does my character know because that's why I was like, hey, Morthos, did you ever tell Fergus this? Yeah, gotcha. Okay, I mean, yeah, Bryce to Darian, Darian to Bryce. Yes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> is her code name. Oh, see, I I figured you wouldn't tell me the code name. I just figured it would. That's okay. just the name that she has, right? Yeah. That's the name that she gives everybody. The okay. Thieves Guild, I don't think. I mean, if I guess depending on the details of the Thieves Guild, I guess and Debella the requirements. Debella but <laughs> Debella de I don't know. Maybe maybe once you reach the higher tier of the Thieves Guild, you get a the because it's the Ooh. Lark, the Vessel, the Belladonna. Uh, maybe the Belladonna. <laughs> the Belladonna. She just didn't want the title. Yeah. She wanted a name. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Who knows? Um, so you you go to the market square that you had been at before, and um, not necessarily late, but obviously kind of like making their way in inconspicuously. You eventually spot the person that you spoke with briefly before, and they um, you see them coming, and they kind of like, make eye contact with you very briefly, and then they they take almost like a meandering route, like walking out of the way of a few people and then stumble into you in a very, like, in a way that makes it obvious that they are, um, it was intentional. Gotcha. So that they could stop and, like, apologize. Oh, I, oh, I am so sorry, miss. I, I don't know. I, I must have lost my footing. Oh, it's no problem. Are you okay? Oh, yes, I'm quite fine. Uh, are you all right? I think so. I don't think there's been any damage. Well, that's good. And they kind of like look around and um, if they seem kind of like to just make a couple of like glances as they're like shifting the weight of what they're holding uh, and then like gesture like again for you to walk with them. Cool. I will walk ahead again. And there's a there's like a fountain kind of off to the like towards the like one of the entrances, but instead of it being like set out in the middle, it's kind of smaller and it's off to the side and they're casually walking and saying something about how like the day is nice and um essentially what they're communicating in a little bit of code is like do you have the money? And I will comment in code that yes, and I have it ready to go. Okay. The package is like, it's got armor in it, so it's pretty bulky, but it's not like 
so heavy that you can't carry it. It's just one of those things where like um, the initial meeting looked like chance and they wanted to like get to a place out of the way so that they could like make the change. Mm -hmm. So they they kind of like set it casually on like the side of this fountain and and sit down and uh, like mess with the uh, their boot a little bit uh, and then just kind of like put their hand out like casually on the the concrete of the fountain um, and you get the hint that it's like drop me the money kind of mm. thing. Yeah, I do so. Okay. Um, what's your passive perception? Thirteen. Okay. You do actually happen to notice um, they, the you know, you set the little, like, pouch down next to them. And um, it's it's like a deft movement, but you, you did notice that they have, like, almost like what looks like a false pocket in the back. Or not a false pocket, like a hidden pocket mm-hmm. in the back of their, like, tunic. Where um, you kind of, like, reached over and uh, reached into the pouch and, like, scooped out the gold and just kind of, like, dropped it in back there. And it took them just long enough for you to catch it, almost like there must be, like, multiple compartments so that they could, like, slide their hand into this, like, panel and make Mm. sure that the coins don't make, like, noise or anything like that. Cool. They reach back into the fountain and dip their hand into their water, uh, into the water and kind of, like, dab it over, like, the forehead and on their neck. And they're like, ah, this is an old trick from the homeland to pull yourself on a warm day like this. And, like, there are other people around, and, like, somebody stops and notices them to say that, and they kind of, like, smile at them. And um, they turn back and they say, well, good luck in your endeavors. Uh, thanks. You as well. And they nod and begin to make their exit. I'm gonna peace out and go tuck into some dark alleyway or something so I can try to figure out how bad... Like, what, what exactly condition these things are in so I can see how much work I'm going to have to put into trying to make them acceptable. Okay. Um, go ahead and make an investigation check. See what kind of a place you can find that looks clear. Uh, I rolled a 14 in per- er, investigation. Okay. Um, there, there are a couple of places that look suitable and out of the way and have some things, like, stacked up in the alleys that you could easily duck behind. Um, you untie the parcel and kind of peek in, and it doesn't necessarily look like the armor's in bad condition. It does look like it's a little worn, so it's obviously, like, older. Mm. But, um, and, like, the colors are slightly faded, so it doesn't look like you'll have to repair the armor so much as you might have to just, like, freshen up the colors and, like, clean it up a bit, if mm. that makes sense. And mm. then it'll just look, like, kind of well-worn, um, like, well-worn uniforms, essentially. Perfect. Then I guess I would gather what very few materials I would need to do that. Yeah, easily some like cloth dye and some yeah. like, shining, like armor shine, whatever whatever you use to shine armor. I don't know, polish, armor polish. Yeah, probably maybe. a polish and buffer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cost of all that together is probably like three gold, which is a dye is a little bit expensive. Sure, okay. So I will collect those things okay. and head back to the um, to the suite and begin preparing them for Fergus. Okay. So this is a little bit after midday that Belladonna makes it back. So Fergus, you're not at work at this point. Morthos, you might be out like having lunch, but you would return 
back pretty shortly, but you're at least there, Fergus, when Bella comes back and you presumably awake afternoon um, yeah. or at least shortly after she arrives back and um, are able to Yeah, unless, unless me and Bear are still training. Yeah, but there's time before you would need to go to work for you to notice. Like, okay. To have the to to be able to find out that this was successful. Okay. Uh, so has she repaired it by the time I see it, or like has she made it better? The same day, I think you would like. She would be coming back with the stuff when you're when you're like back at the place, or about when you get back there. All right. Uh, well, would would Bella show it to him before she's? Oh, that's a good question. She's cleaned it up. Um. Yeah, I would show it to him just like whenever I interact with him next, right. just so that he's aware that it's taken care of. Um, just I guess depending on when that interaction is, it just might not be ready for him. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I guess like yeah, she comes back and and do we want to have the actual conversation or do you just want to say that we would you like to have an actual conversation for sure. All right, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Well, Fer- Fergus is sitting on the the couch. Uh, let's let's say that I've uh, gotten back from trading with uh, uh, Bear. Uh, Beckers, you want to roll an invest or a athletics? athletics. And I'll roll athletics, and we'll see how it went that day. Yep, sounds like a plan. <laughs> Fergus got an eighteen. I got a twenty-one. Uh, so yeah, it looks it it looks like Fergus ran hard and still got his ass clobbered. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, uh, cleaning himself up, like rubbing rubbing some stuff on some small cuts and just kind of like panting a little bit on on the uh, couch, um, having having uh, Bear probably just tackled him earlier and, and back at, <laughs> in the town. <laughs> A very heavy bear tackle. <laughs> is that starting to happen daily at this point? It's like you're working nights or whatever, and then you're getting tackled by a bear. <laughs> Seems like it. It works hard for his money. <laughs> and and yeah, so uh Fergus is kinda of chilling on the couch when you come back. So I'll waltz right on in. And I'll see you sitting on the couch, and I'll say, "Oh, hey, looking good, your highness. Got something for you." And and he he perks up and goes, "Oh, yeah, look." And I show him the guard uniforms. Gonna take a little bit, but I'm sure they'll be fine, right? Uh, he goes, "Can I can I see?" And he like reaches sure. his hand out, and he like holds it up to his body to see like what the fit looks like. Um. Yeah. Um, so it comes with like a choirs and greaves. Um, there's some like, like the padding underneath is like the city colors. It looks like one of them, uh, like both of them would fit you pretty well. One of them would probably be a little bit tighter than the other. Okay. Um, who are you hoping for the second one to wear? Morthos. Okay. Um, Morthos is very tall. Yeah. So like neither of you are like armor is meant to be adjustable, right? Yeah. Like, like you have it unless you have like a personally commissioned suit of armor like to your exact dimensions and even then there's going to be like room for like straps and things like that to be adjusted um like it will definitely fit both of you either of them would 
Morthos is very tall, so it's going to look a little awkward on Morthos because, like, bits are not long enough and stuff like that. But also, it probably would look like that if he were actually a member of the guard anyway, because these aren't, like, personally commissioned for each guardsman, guardsperson. They're, like, it's like a uniform. It's, like, standard yeah. issue, and you just, like, take yours in the line and you go. Yeah. So it'll work the Previously, sure. the previous guy died. Yeah, right? Like. <laughs> We fixed the arrow uh, hole on this one. Here, it's yours now. <laughs> or maybe he maybe he retired. Yeah. Yeah. He retired after he got shot by an arrow. <laughs> in the knee. <laughs> Took an arrow to the knee, yeah. Fergus goes... There's an arrow in your butt! Fergus <laughs> uh, goes, yeah, this, this looks good. Um, You're, you're going to clean it up? Yeah, yep, I already got the stuff. I don't know. I've got like a sack with all of the other <laughs> bits. He goes, uh, good. The I don't know if you can make it look higher ranking at all, but I mean this this'll probably do well, but if I looked at a guard's uniform, could I tell what kind of things set a higher ranking member apart from like your standard foot soldier guardman? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, standardly, something that would be like basic common knowledge is that usually there's like a helm with plumage or like a cape or something. It's Ooh. it's usually um, if they're wearing like the normal guard stuff, um, then there's just like a little bit of decoration to it. Now, if it's like if you're wanting like parade fancy, then they might have their own commission to armor in like the city's colors. That's very fresh and unworn. No, just um, but the standard kind of like city issue stuff would more have like embellishments that you could add to it, like a sash or a cape or something Ooh. like that. So if you went out and like took a took a walk around and tried to see if you could spot anybody with something special, then like insignia would be pretty obvious depending upon what they were wearing. Okay, so Fergus, when exactly are you planning to use this stuff? The day of the heist. And how long until that? How long? Um, so I think everybody knows it's the day of the tournament is when we're heisting. So that's yeah. mm-hmm. so you're like five days away at this point, I think. So he'd, he'd say that. OK, give me until tomorrow and I'll try to have them ready. OK. So I'll do like whatever repairs I need to do to get them up to speed. And then I'm going to go out and about and try to do some recon on yeah. the guards and what a higher ranking guard looks like and yeah. see if I can recreate that see if i need to buy other uh equipment or bits and pieces to to slap that onto their yes, particular yeah. uh to be clear only one of them needed to be okay higher ranking the other one all right okay can be lower ranking Deal. um so go ahead and make an investigation check and since you have proficiency in the disguise kit i think like Redying and touching up and bo- polishing armor is something that you can like do base level without having to worry about like not not doing it well or something. All right, I rolled a twelve in investigation. It takes you the better part of the day because um, mostly when you are walking around and looking at like guards posted at busy places and important locations, it's the typical average everyday person. You do catch sight of someone um, kind of venturing a little bit closer to where the like barracks are. You do catch sight of someone who does have um, a cape in the matching off color of the city. 
So it looks like you'd probably just need a little bit of like cloth that would be dyed in that same color and you could fasten it to one of the like shoulder pauldrons. Are there flags for this particular city that have those colors on them? Oh man, I bet there are. Let me see if there's an official. Let's see here. Okay. So the seal of the city of splendors is a crescent moon facing open upwards on a purple field with <laughs> mountains under that and a, a lake reflecting. Field? What? It a is actually field. kind of more like violet. Yeah, actually. To be said. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, and the ref- there's a reflection of all that in a blue lake with four stars leading down the, it's like in the shape of a shield and the embellishments are in gold. So the embellishments on the armor and like are in like a yellowy gold. Um, the tunics are in the darker blue and the off color would then be the violet. <laughs> so you'd need like essentially like a enough violet material in a fabric that would be suitable for like a, a, a short cape, like a half cape. Mm. And okay. you would need to attach it to the left pauldron. How difficult would that. it be to acquire that particular fabric color and, I guess, strength? In a city of this size, it's just a matter of, like, going to a tailor or a, um, any kind of market where fabric is sold, finding something that has the right weight and either it having the right color or getting some more dye. Um, and since you have a suite and you have, like, private, like, baths and stuff like that, it's easy enough to dye the clothing either in, like, a bucket or in the, the bath itself and just, like, scoop it out, out the dye or whatever. Cool. Well, I'm going to make a cape for one of them. Okay. Um, the cost of that would probably be something at, like seven silver, all told, for like a yard of fabric and um, like a really common color dye. All a right. lot of violet in this city, apparently. I didn't even know. It's like even more fitting that this random thing I made up <laughs> works with the city. <laughs> Woohoo. Yay for serendipity. Woo. Um, yeah. So that doesn't also, actually take long at all. Go ahead. Uh, Kitty also dyed her hair purple because she is actually the collector. I'm the violet scepter. <laughs> I mean, technically she is Whoa! the collector. <laughs> I didn't actually intend for the hair to be violet, so it just kind of like worked out this way. You're turning violet. It is what violet. it is. So that's easy enough to do. It shouldn't take you more than a day or two to do. And you know that the the registration for the tournament um, was open starting at like a week ahead of time. There's no real cutoff except for like, you know, before the tournament begins. So at any point between now and the start of the tournament, you and Bear can make your way down there and sign up. And I think that's kind of the last like step, right? Was there anything else anyone wanted to do to prep for the big day? I think that's the checklist. Well, at least my checklist, unless anybody has anything else. Following your lead. All right. So when are you and Bear going to go um, sign yourself up? You get to leave the house, Bear, and not oh, go for a run. Well, I'm so okay. excited. <laughs> <laughs> it has people come to talk to Fergus at the Frog and Firkin. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yes. That will occur. So depending upon what order you all do this in, about four days, no, three days before the event. Okay. Um, They're like around closing time when really like the places kind of close down and everybody's like getting you know like closing a restaurant where like 
the silver is getting rolled and everything is being like washed in the back and they're getting like things closed down for the night so that the it's ready to go in the morning. Um, that kind of happens and like a small crowd of about seven people just start like, meandering around out front. Does Fergus recognize Joseph or anybody? Joseph can be seen among them. The others have like, everyone looks like it's, they're dressed a little like unseasonably warmly, but it looks like they're probably trying to just be like, there are people who don't know how to be clandestine who are trying to like not be noticed. And so there's like hoods up and like maybe like cloth over their face, like a scarf or something. Um, but one of them, you know, if you go out and you look, you'll you'll see Joseph after kind of like scanning the faces. Uh, Fergus, uh, I think, uh, finishes watching his dish, uh, throw, throws a little uh, spare meat to Rascal and then and then walks out to uh, meet the group. And uh, and I guess uh, sees Joseph among the uh, the group and kind of like walks up towards him and goes. Uh, good to see you, brother. Brought as many as could come right now. So, I take it the, uh, the Purple Scepter's workers are interested in a little bit of pay? Violet Scepter. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> that's what, that's what Joseph's gonna say. He's gonna kind of like, the, the Violet, the Violet Scepter. Stage Whisperer, the Violet Scepter. And yeah, the Violet Scepter sign. Yeah, whatever. Um, that shit. <laughs> Fergus is like, yeah, whatever place yeah, you work. I don't care. That's not you want, the you place want, right now. Color, just a different shade, damn it. <laughs> you want the money or not? <laughs> yeah, we, we've been talking about it, and it just seems unfair. Fergus um, kind of gestures uh, to uh, walk o- a little bit, like, over to some place where they can like sit down a little bit. Um, do you want to go to sit like at a place where there's like benches and fixtures, or do you want to like go around like one of the alleys where you know there's like crates stacked where everyone can kind of like spread out but not be out in the open? <sighs> totally up to you. I'm not saying one's I'm, better than I'm the saying... other. I'm but... saying I'll go. I'll go with the alley probably. Like I, okay. I feel like the. I would be able to talk to the group would be clustered better to talk to in the alley where we can kind of make our own seating than someplace where there's already seating. That's probably more to like chill out while you're walking around than to be like okay. conversational. Yeah. Go ahead and make an insight check just generally about the group. 15. Okay. Um, you sense that there's like a lot of nervousness, not in like a deceptive way, more just in like, you know, these are people that are kind of like torn with potentially like having a bad outcome or a good outcome, depending upon how things go. Um, okay. So as, as we kind of like get settled in, um, Fergus, uh, looks among the group and goes, so I assume Joseph has told you about who I am and who I represent. Uh, A couple of people like, they all kind of like glance from one person to the other and they look back at you and then they nod like, you know, slowly mm. one by one kind of thing. And and he goes, there is a casino in, in uh, Boulder's Gate I used to work at called Elysium. Um, you know, I, I worked in the kitchen there and after 
You know, we had several people fired. People could barely feed themselves after how little the, the casino would pay. And God knows uh, he was uh, the man at top was uh, making bank, but we never saw any of it. So group of us got together and we demanded better pay. Of course, he said no. So we got together and we walked out on the busiest day of the year. And you know what? About about uh, noon, he come he comes uh, out to us begging us to come back to work because on days like that, we're more valuable to him than gold. So, after that, I saw how important unions like the one at, at uh, Elysium were. So I've been traveling around to different cities, helping out workers like you get organized and take care of themselves. And if we can do something similar here, you guys will have more than you need. And he kind of like looks looks at the group and kind of like uh, looks at somebody who looks like maybe they're a little skinnier than than uh, than should be and stuff. Who's, who could probably use a good meal and and kind of like lo- lo- locks eyes with them as he kind of uh, says that um, to to uh, go like, hey, you, you know, you're gonna get taken care of if, if we can pull this off. Go ahead and make a persuasion check. God, seventeen. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, there's there's just a, there's a lot of nervousness in the group, and the the more you talk, the more it seems like they kind of like loosen up. Um, there's like some head nodding as you're talking about like getting them taken care of and how things could be better and how important they are on busy days and things. And um, there's a couple of like not like shady whispers but like people kind of like saying something quietly to each other and then like nodding like looking at each other and nodding and looking back at you um and they, they don't really say a whole whole lot um but there just seems to be kind of like a general positive consensus uh and joseph he he kind of like looks around him and looks at everyone and he like pulls his hood back and he says so what do we do when do we do it are you going to be there uh, Fergus goes. Um, the 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 big tournaments coming up. Does it have a name yet? I feel like that was on the list. Yes, it was on my to do list, and I named it. Okay, it's called the Winner's Purse. The Winner's Purse is coming up, and on that day, you're going to come into work. You're going to do your job, but the second. That tournament starts, and I assume there's like a time on the the poster or whatever of what time. 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. You all are going to get up from your tables, and you're going to walk outside. Out to the front door, I'll be waiting there for you, and we are going to pick it, and we're going to strike, and with all of the people uh, coming to see that tournament... They're to gamble. They're to spend their money, not having you workers there to to take that money. He'll do any the the, the man in, in charge will do anything to get you back. And we're going 
to get you everything you need. So you come out at 10 a.m. We pick it. And once he's ready, once we make him feel how bad he needs you, I'll go in there and negotiate. And we're going to get you your money. Okay. And and he uh, he kind of like smiles um, and, and uh, nods and goes end of this week or uh, whatever day it is. Um, the, the, the day of the winner's purse. Say like this Saturday. Yeah. The, whatever, whatever. Fantasy Saturday. Fan- <laughs> the, <laughs> this fan, this fantasy Saturday. Saturday, we're going to make you whole. I, I always try and say something really cool and I, I just can't nail it in the moment. Thought that was good. Yeah. Oh, you're looking for like a like one liner. Yeah, end like on, a so. real, real like motivational deal. I think I had like a half thought in my head, but then I had to figure out what day it was, and I lost it. <laughs> 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 well, they they kind of like nod along with you, and and Joseph turns to a couple of the others, says, "Gotta make sure everyone knows, okay? But don't let anyone find out." Yeah, and and he nods, and he goes, "I will see you then." And and he uh, makes his way back to the frog and firkin. So, um, Belladonna and Bear, when do you want to go sign up for the tournament? After breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's a first or second breakfast. Eleventies. <laughs> <laughs> After Fergus feeds me, and then Belladonna, and then Morthos, <laughs> then I'm ready to go. But I have to be back before Lilia comes. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> she's got the whole dish. <laughs> and then okay. sometimes Cookie gives uh, Fergus food to give to me, and I need to I need to make sure I'm there. All right. Um. So sometime midday-ish, you'll head up there a couple days beforehand. There's um. There's they're they're erecting like what looks like an arena outside and this like open land that's um like around the side of the um the casino itself. You had seen the area before and it looked like it was already like primed to be like good for like a fighting arena, but it looks like they're doing some work to it to make it um like fresh carpentry, more seating places, stuff like that. And there's, uh, like, a big sign advertising, you know, you could be the one to win the winner's purse um, to, or to take the winner's purse. And, like, signs showing you where the, the fighters can sign up. There are single combatants and then there are duos. And they, there are a limit to each group. Uh, neither seems to be full at the time. Cool. We're signing up. Okay. Um, they give you a list of rules, um, you know, no, no, like dirty fighting in a way. Like, keep it clean, keep it combat. Magic is allowed. Um, no curses. No, um, like it's not to the death. Like one team must yield. That kind of thing. Um, like make it bloody, make it fun. But we're not, we're not here to kill people. We're here for entertainment. Um, kind of thing. Um, so you get, you get the idea that like all of your skills are available to you, but you can't like curse someone away that will be lasting for them and that they'll have a way of finding out if you're, if you're um, like, if you sign up and then show up uh, as someone who you're not basically. Um, good thing bear can't read when, when you were like, Hey, no killing. It's like bear can't read. 
<laughs> Yikes. We'll have to see how that goes. Yikes. It's like, and then they go to the cafe, see Cookie, and then they have lunch with Cookie, and Cookie translates the rules to Bear. There yeah, that's totally a good idea. Yeah, Absolutely. well, I have to bring Bear to her her translator person. That <laughs> I true. can't let Bear sign up for something that she cannot consent to. Informed consent. Informed yeah. consent. She knew Informed that she knows about it. She yeah. knows about the tournament and all that stuff. Yeah, but she got to make you got to you got to know all the rules before you can agree. Right, you have oh, to I read the end user license agreement. You got to have a I've always read those. <laughs> I love it. So fast forwarding to the morning of the tournament, you've you've put all the pieces into play. You've got armor, you've got alibis, you've got stories, you've got uh, like all Do, of these pieces that are lining up. Yeah. Should I explain the the plan to them? Yeah, That'd I be think good. I think there should be like a meetup where everybody kind of like maybe the night before or the I think the morning of honestly. To make sure everyone's got like that's probably seems like the most reasonable thing to do would yeah. be not to give everyone like a night before to be caught, but literally like that morning have a planned time to get all together, make sure that you've got your like ducks in a row. Yeah. Um, and then everything's going to kind of like kick off around the time the tournament starts. And it turns out that um Bear and Belladonna are among the first like duos to go up. Mm. Cool, let's do it. So they'll basically like they'll be out ten o'clock like yeah. getting started yeah. and the betting opens like right around like nine thirty. okay once the odds are posted okay so are we doing this scene where fergus explains everything yeah. Do, okay so yeah I, I guess i don't know maybe i'm trying to think where we'd meet if we're all meeting because like i don't know if i'd want to meet up the night or meet up in the morning i figure Maybe the night before they'd meet at the Frog and Firkin. Everybody could just happen to get food there. Okay. Yeah, the night before. Yeah, whatever you all want. It's like, it's totally up to you. Yeah. It's like, or if they do breakfast at like five breakfast. in the morning. Early bird special. Fergus doesn't work mornings. That's true. Does he have to be working though? Can't he just be having breakfast? It's a good excuse for Fergus to be there is because it's okay. his job. Sure. What if he just brought all... His friends there. What if we just don't meet at the Frog and Firkin? Okay, but that was the reason I got the job was at the meeting point. Oh, all right, fine. Where was Cookie staying? Evergreen. The Evergreen, but we can't be. The whole point is that we're like it's very bad for us to all be in the same place. Well, Cookie's got her info now. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) Cookie can just ghost. That was kind of the (laughs) deal. Is that? Cookie already knows she's got the stuff to make everybody poop, and she's supposed to give it to them, give it to guards. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> before the hand. In terms of everybody else, we could have the meeting the, the morning of, a lot at, of parts at, to this plan. at the suite. So That's why we made we Bryce put it together. <laughs> I think that's probably the best deal. Cookies okay. doesn't meet up, but... The rest of us uh, meet up or like, talk. Since it's the morning of and it would be before Cookie shift, Cookie could show up okay. if you wanted Cookie to. Yeah, I suppose. I s- She's usually going in around 10 o'clock anyway. Okay, I guess I guess Cookie can s- show up at the suite uh, like day day before and, and come um, 
because Reunited. having having a Reunited translator for bear okay. might be a good idea. Yeah. Um. Okay. God, I'm trying to think of all the uh, parts to this. Um, <laughs> Fergus goes, okay, here is the plan. First, Cookie has some flowers that she's going to bake into whatever treats that she will be handing out to the guards. That is going to make them need the bathroom very badly. Unfortunately... Just before she hands those treats, she will be using a scroll that we have received to uh, flood one of the bathrooms, uh, preferably closest to the collection. Once that is uh, taken care of, uh, she'll come outside to uh, hand any two remaining guards that might be watching over the tournament while our good uh, friends uh, Belladonna and Bear enter the tournament uh, and win so that they can get inside the collection. There's still a lot going on with that collection that we don't know. Bella, did you ever tell Fergus about the Keyblade? Um, like that you know more about the, like, yeah, what's... I think after I got a little bit more information, then I would. I feel like I could confidently relay some of that to you. Okay, that it seems I to be like a portal. Once I know about it, yeah. Okay. Yep. So after I've sp- I'd spoken with or gotten the message from the Thieves Guild, then I would divulge that information. Okay. It, uh, Fergus goes, um, number one target is my mother's necklace. Um, but... We still don't know where in the collection it is, but that scepter seems like it's going to be important for a lot of reasons. So, Bella, I think your focus needs to be getting that scepter. Um, that's, well, uh, you can't say that the priority is your mom's necklace and then also say that my focus should be the other thing. Well, as far as Morthos has shared, there appears to be some magic keys to access parts of the collection and it seems like that scepter might be the key to all of that stuff. So if you can get that, that might open up the rest of the collection to us or open up something. It's going to let us get somewhere or something, but it seems like that scepter is going to be important. Um, but that's, that's such a gamble. It is. <laughs> that's like such a, like, we don't know where that goes. It is, but while you and Bear are in the collection, I mean, grab anything else you want, but grab the purple scepter, and if you see my mom's necklace, grab that. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Mor- Morthos, <laughs> he looks at Morthos and goes, I think throughout this, you're the eyes and the ears. Um, keep an eye on the tournament, um, as that goes on, uh, make sure they can win. Cheer, I don't know if that's going to take 
Riley and the crowd against their opponents, uh, getting the crowd on their side. I I don't care if you need to, uh, you know, um, break someone's leg before the the they they fight. They're winning that tournament, but after that, just watch watch the uh, casino and uh, wa- watch the wander around the casino floor. Keep an eye on things, and uh, um, he he goes, "You got that? Uh, you got that bird, right?" Yeah, I, I still have my raven. Um, he goes, <laughs> he goes, if uh, if something goes wrong, uh, send that bird, you know, towards one of us, and we'll we'll come running. As for me, I've managed to uh, get hopefully a decent amount of the workers uh, will be making their way out as the. Uh, tournament starts so between the workers themselves and hopefully some guards striking that's also going to pull the guards outside to deal with the strike um leaving less com less uh for you guys to deal with in the collection as for me getting into the collection he uh grabs the finished version of the uh the guards uniform that uh Bella's presented and hands uh a, a the like lesser one to um to Morthos and goes when you guys make it into the uh collection I'm going to be making my way uh up there telling uh telling the guards that they are being robbed right now not by you guys. Someone's after the vault, and I'm I'm going to tell them they need to open the vault right now because they are being robbed, and the city guard knows this. They have a man inside, and and I'm going to get them to open the the vault. When you see me, Morthos, get get in this uniform. Follow me. Between you and me, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it so they can't see. And you remember that spell you used on uh, our friend Rakuzin? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's try that on these guards. And between all this, we should have a clear run of the collection and the vault. Now, I don't know how we're dealing with that uh, that gold line you talked about, or what the f- frick's happening with this uh, purple scepter. <laughs> but after all this, Violet. <laughs> But after, nope, it's it's always gonna be the purple scepter to Fergus. Yeah. Do we all collectively correct him? Yes. I love the idea that everybody just quietly is like Violet. <laughs> after all this, if we're not coming out of here with my my mom's necklace, I couldn't tell you what what will. <laughs> but well, if it takes uh, knocking this place to the ground. We're getting it. And he, he kind of looks at them all and goes, sounds good? Roger Dodger. Sounds like a plan. What do you want me to do while you guys are doing that and after I hand out the poop brownies? Um, <laughs> well, Is there anything I should say? If you can, 
see if they'll let you hand out the brownies to the guards in the collection. Say, tell them it's um a uh, a from 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 the man up top uh, a a uh, celebration of the the tournament that he wants all the guards to know how much he appreciates them with some baked goods. So uh, if you can get get your talk your way into the collection via your special uh, special skills. Your elf wiles. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Ho- okay. Hopefully. Hey, hopefully- what's Fergus' his charisma? Uh, his charisma is not really that good. Uh, okay. his it is a thirteen. I mean, so average commoner is ten. Every yeah. like tens across the board. Less than that is like below average. So thirteen is like well above average. It's not like legendary, but, but it's well above average. Yeah. It's it's high enough. It's the bin- minimum that I I can have to take the leadership feat. <laughs> I like it. I don't. To be clear, I don't have the leadership feat, but I would be capable of taking it. But I could. <laughs> also, yeah. side note: I know the collector's favorite dessert. Should I put? The flowers in that too, and just kind of leave a present it at his at a place where he could easily find it, like in his <laughs> office. Why not? Go wild. Do it. Do it. The more people pooping, the better. Yeah, sure. He kind he kind of like he does the same, like puts his hands up and thinks about it for a second, kind of going like, I f- thinking like it feels like there should be something more than poop. Uh, brownies in his for him but he goes you know this late in the game yes that let's do that okay oh yeah we don't have to not kill him at the end well no my my thought was like a knockout something that'll like make him sleep oh okay because when you said more than poop (laughs) yeah i got the impression that you wanted to kill him as well (laughs) got something a little more for you but but to be fair like Fergus Fergus has said previously, like, hey, we're not killing anybody like who's just doing their job. We're not gonna hurt guards, you know. We're we can hurt guards, we we we're not gonna kill guards because they're just, you know, doing their jobs. The collector, fuck that guy. He stole my mom's necklace. He's probably been profiteering off all these, you know, uh stolen valuable items and stuff. Fuck that guy if he dies in the end. Um, that's fine with Fergus. Cool. So we so to be fa- or to be sure. We can kill the collector. Yes, we can kill the collector. Dope. Anybody else, right. uh, knock, <laughs> knock, knock, knock him out. Um, and then he, yeah, Fergus looks around at everybody and goes, "Anything else?" Um, I assume that Cookie has been translating to Bear. And, yes. Okay. And then, okay. yeah, <laughs> with, with no, nothing else, he goes, "Okay." Um. If anything goes wrong, we meet at the the east gate of ten, of of Waterdeep. All right. Can we uh? Can we do a teamwork thing where we all yeah. put our hand in the middle? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Frigus Frigus puts his hand in with everybody. Yes. Left hand's Yay! closer to your heart. <laughs> hands it. Oh, oh, okay. We're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Three, two, one. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
two, one. Record. <laughs> God. That Room is noise. That whoa. Noise. Aaron just went blurry. Oh, there we go. Yep. That that is that is a joke that like only us will get. <laughs> Record. Those are the best jokes. That was great. It was. I love that. Okay. Um so this was the morning of or the night before? That was the morning of because we decided okay. that Cookie came the mor- right before her work. Yep. So gotcha. A, Cookie already knew about the brownie, so she probably made all those in advance. So the That's only fair. thing that she really will have to make like that day was the flan, mm-hmm. which I'm sure she could make some time at wor- work maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you're going to have time. It's not like this stuff's going to kick in and they're instantly going to get sick right. to the stomach. Yeah. Like, it has to be digested, right? Yeah. Um, go ahead and make two, um, like just like general like cooking checks to because we are gonna pl- you're gonna practice the flan, so these will count yes. for your practice. Okay, I got a twenty one on the first roll and a twenty four for cook's utensils. Okay, she can't she can't cook bad. <sighs> it's impossible. I love it. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I'll never be less than twenty. <laughs> So, um, so the first one you made, it was one of those things where it's like, this is the first time making a recipe and you think it went pretty well. And then you did it again just to make sure. And it was even better. And you're like, this is child's play. I got this. No problem. Perfect. Zero worries. So, um, everybody kind of scatters, right. Um, to go there, um, to go to their respective stations. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and move you to the, um, fighting arena. So there are tables with bookies everywhere. The stands are absolutely filled. The crowd's crowd's already excited. There are several people milling about that look like they're already in armor and ready to go. Like not milling, milling about. They're like stretching and psyching themselves up. Bear, I want you to roll a D8. And Bella, I want you to roll a D8. The two of you arrive and you see that as you, you were noticed before, you were in the first match. Um, there are, there's a line around the bottom. If you look on the map, you'll see that brick sort of area that's outside of the kind of like sandy pit. Mm -hmm. There are guards posted kind of like in the corners here. And the entrances are, um, like these entrances, the ones from the side are where the people are being allowed to filter in and fill into the stands. And the ones on the top and bottom are where the contestants are being, um, like ushered in at um, they're kind of like rereading to you the same exact uh, information that you were given when you signed up about like no cheating you know honest fighting but your skills are allowed no curses no long-term effects no killing etc cetera, etc cetera. there are people in robes with long sensors like you had seen before bella that have um, these coins on the front with this like woman with the flowing hair. This is something you saw before, but it didn't. It wasn't like a symbol that meant anything to you. Mm-hmm. And um, they go about and they're they're swinging the sensors, but it doesn't look like they're doing any like at magic just yet at the moment. But they are working on these archways that are situated in these walkways on the side here on the top and bottom where the contestants are entering. Um, there's two on each side. So you're watching the group in front of you work on this. And it takes them a few minutes. It looks like they're they're like doing some sort of like ritual. And when they complete, there's this like golden shimmer that that courses over the archway. It goes um, from the top down to the bottom. And there's almost like this little bit of like static electricity in the air where it's obvious that something has occurred in this moment. 
The crowd is cheering louder and louder. They know that the moment for the tournament uh, is is about to begin. Everybody has placed their bets, or ever, everyone bidding on the first the first fight has placed their bets. And the somebody steps out into the middle of the ring, and they begin to announce for uh, the winner's purse. And they're doing a little bit of preamble. They're psyching up the crowd. Um, they direct everyone again to where bets can be placed. And then they say, contestants, please enter the ring. And at that point, the people that are kind of like filing you all in gesture for you all to proceed through this archway. Um, tell me what your roles were really quick. I rolled a six. Okay. Bear rolled a one. That's okay. I'm scared. I don't know what it means. <laughs> so, who you see across from you, um, they're on the other side of this similar looking archway, is a hulking barbarian half-elf. Huge figure. They don't look necessarily familiar to you. To you. They have um, this long auburn hair that's braided back and these bright green eyes. Um Interestingly enough, although they have distinctly half-elven features, their skin is of bluish tint. It looks like they might be half-elf, half-goliath by their size. There is a tabaxi next to her um, who has a, a longbow on their back. And they look like they're the people you will be facing off with. And they gesture for the two of you to walk through the archway. Who goes first? I'll go first. Okay. So, Bear, you start to walk forward, and as you pass through, like, the your face begins to pass through this archway, you feel almost like a burning sensation. And you make a constitution save. Oh, it's a critical fail. <laughs> uh, so I rolled a six. There's this, like, tingling sensation that's followed by this <laughs> burning sensation, and it almost kind of feels a little bit like your form is being pulled on in all directions. Belly, you're watching this ahead of you as Bear starts to walk forward and then there's that shudder step of someone who looks like they're suddenly racked with pain. You feel this compression bear that's like, that's almost like peeling away at you and pushing down on you. You can't help but to roar out in pain as this is happening, um, failed constitution save critically. There's, there's a lot that's going on. You're like a little bit sick to your stomach there's these wild thoughts running through your mind. You're getting very, um, like, disoriented a little bit. And there is this, Bella, you see this, like, green, like, almost like a, not a sickly green, but like a deep foresty green, like, flash of light. A couple people in the crowd scream on either side of you. Ah, and cool. as this light <laughs> flashes in front of your eyes and you kind of have to shield yourself for a second and you look back, there's a person standing, well, kind of like on all fours, like crouching almost in front of you where Bear was before. What? Why don't you go ahead and describe yourself? Uh, I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> That's it. End the show. We're done here. <laughs> oh come on, Beckers. My uh, God. Uh, come on, Beckers. You can do this. How about that? I have an 
wanted to talk in 10 episodes. It's hard for me. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have dark hair. Um, I'm really, really muscly. And I got like a, a bear pelt up on my shoulder. And I think we decided I get to have my sword. Yeah, all your belongings are with you. Everything yeah, I got a big sword. Mm-hmm. Like one big two-handed sword. What? What is Bella <laughs> right there? Just like, holy shit! There's just there's just a lady Honestly, crawling on the floor with a no, sword. No, there was an initial shock, and now it's just like, all right, this is what we're working with. Cool. Show me what you work with. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been like feeding and petting that lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> You can't think that far into it, man. You just can't <laughs> at this point. That'll hurt yourself. Okay, hold on. There it goes. Oh, that's awesome. Look at her! <sighs> so that is who you see that's awesome. crouching almost like feral-y and like a little bit confused on the ground in front of you. And there's a gasp, an audible gasp from the crowd. A couple of people uh, to the side of you lean over and start talking in hushed tones. And they begin to start to say something about this being unprecedented and um, grounds for removal from the competition. And someone from the audience chimes in and screams, Let her fight! That was amazing! (laughs) And there's a couple of more quick conversations and they look back at you. They look at you, Bella, and they say... Is that going to happen to you, too? <laughs> I'll just jump right on through. Okay, you pass through with no issue. Yeah, She's going to turn into a bear. <laughs> and the entire crowd begins screaming. Some people are cheering. Some people are just, like, screaming because they don't know what to do with themselves. It's all this raucous noise. And the people on the other side look a little taken aback. 